I gotta listen to Light of the Seven now. Yeah, it'll it'll be playing on the bot at some point as well. I just need to get it. In, it needs to get me in character. In your veins right, right now. Yeah. yeah, I need to inject it like a fresh set. Hey, party people! Welcome back to the Split Party Podcast. This is gonna be episode 16A. If you have not yet already, uh, go ahead and follow us on social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Uh, we have a Discord that you're welcome to join if you want to be part of the community and hang out with us or hang out with our community and ask us questions, see extra lore snippets and content. And that's the place. And that link and the other links to our social medias, including our YouTube as well, can be found in the Linktree link in the description of this uh, this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. On top of that, I believe that we, by the time that this releases have just finished celebrating our six months of podcasting and finished a giveaway that uh, we did for a player's guide by Grim Hollow, or sorry, by Ghostfire Gaming of their Grim Hollow setting. Uh, so big congratulations to uh, the individual that won that. And we just want to say we appreciate all of you guys as we wrap up the, uh, the season of thanks, Thanksgiving here in America. I think that's it. So following that, we're going to go right into the recap and as all of Darkwing has been so far, the recap is going to be a little lore snippet. And I just got done telling my players that the lore snippet that they are hearing in uh, this session is actually from um, like the fourth session of the campaign uh, about a year ago out of character. Uh, our podcast is actually the, the campaign went a lot longer than the podcast is. And uh, our campaign is over a year old now. So it's been a while. But we're revisiting something, and then uh, following that, we will be getting into an actual recap of where we left off, and then it's all players. To the monster of the Fogwoods. I hope your existence is as dismal and insufferable as it should be. It's been some time since we've last spoken, therefore I'm sending this letter to renew our deal for the coming month. You may feast on the vagabonds that plague the roads between Grabenstein and Ostenburg, and them alone in exchange for your aid in the Astorian War. Should you fail to uphold your end of the bargain or overstep our agreement, I will send a caravan of armed men to hunt you down and burn your estate. Do not cross me, beast. Your own life is reason enough for me to have you rid from Etheris, and you'd be wise to accept my generosity with open arms. Signed, Vasily Romer, dated Frixer, 28th of Trice, 300th Year of Dark Reign, 10 days before the start of the campaign. We resume, well, I, I should say previously, uh, the party ventured down into the Undercity beneath Nova Stoia. Upon arriving at the outskirts, they could hear the moans of the undead out of sight and far beyond it uh, as they echoed through the massive cavern. In spite of this, the party trudged on, keeping a formation that put their weakest links in the middle and their strengths at the fore and aft of the group, you know, front and back. Along the way, Conrad regaled the party in, uh, in what the city once was, calling it by the name Ensera and claiming it hadn't always been down here, but rather it was once nestled in the mountains near Runeheim uh, and that great magic brought the whole city beneath Novastoya. He failed to elaborate further than that. Then, they arrived there at the edge of the city's heart, uh, which rested lower and lower beneath the ground in a carved-out crater. Some towers that they could see from the edge of this uh, precipice floated while others stood firm, and the city's heart appeared filled with buildings that are now disheveled, works of ancient technological development, 
and testing grounds and houses of worship where ancient secrets laid buried for probably centuries. In fact, they wandered into the closest building to them, which was a house of worship that once followed the great god Olmir, the god of magic and inherently the god of chaos, which meant that the building outlived the god wars, if that's um, a semblance of dating it for anyone that, that is familiar with the setting. Such a place filled with such ancient trinkets of study gave the party reason for debate as they argued between taking um, the now abandoned valuables or leaving them, including a debate about the ethics of leaving an, uh, an unhatched blue salamander egg down there. In the end, the egg was left to continue its eternal stasis. Uh, Onira probably a bit bummed out by that. Things were well, and the party was wrapped with awe until Seamus and Haverix otherwise known as the Lich, crept from around the corner of a tower to greet them. Their exchange was, for the most part, neutral for the time being, and the party set their eyes on the reason they had come down here, which was to destroy the obelisk perched atop the tower that they were in front of. Stazriel's commu commune, um, with his arch-seraph, finally came in handy as Zabriel revealed to him the ways to destroy the obelisk. Stazriel now had news to share with Rylon, both good and bad, as they hovered up high next to the tower. And that's where we resume this session. So, Stazriel is there, wings beating next to you, Rylon. Uh, you're both, I don't know, like 150 feet in the air at the, uh, the top of this tower. And there in the center of the top of this tower, uh, you see the obelisk, kind of like a, a perfect black silhouette with a, a bright sort of bluish, like electric blue outline to it. Um, almost like it's from like a comic book or something. Or Borderlands, actually. <laughs> but that's what you see in front of you uh, as you're there beating wings. Stazriel relays to you, Rylon, I don't think this is the place to discuss the news. Perhaps we should be with the others or I'm, I don't know. I, I can tell you here, but I don't want you to make rash decisions without the input of the others. I look down at the rest of the boys, look back at Stazril. Fine, let us go back. I trust your judgment. Stazril gives you a faint smile, appreciative uh, that you saw his reasoning there, and kind of like gives one last little gust upward before tucking his wings and starting to dive downward, uh, probably for about 100 feet before unfurling his wings and coming to an abrupt stop uh, near the ground. He lands there in front of the party. You know, the whole party is there. Uh, the ground is covered in a thin layer of dust, so dust kicks up. You know, Amon, Ilfarin, Conrad, Isaac, Troy, Clement, Monira, Haverex, and Seamus are all there. And now Stazriel is too. And I assume Rylan kind of does the same. Yep. Okay. I'd look expectingly. Mm -hmm. I have news for, uh, for all of us. I think that it's some good news. And some bad news. The obelisk can be dis well, perhaps destroyed isn't the right word. The obelisk cannot be destroyed by us. I am confident in this. But it can be rendered useless to the Aether if we... We need to create a link between the obelisk and a plane other than the Aether. It could be any other plane. Just... Best if it's not the Aether. What other planes are there? Well, Rylon and I, um, we have a link to a certain plane where seraphs roam. 
And it's my understanding that Ilfarin has a link to the ethereal plane. And I suppose there are others here that may have links to different planes. And um, these links, um, they are necessary for you to change it to that plane? Yes. So that was the good news. The bad news is that in doing so, the individual that links the plane to this one, um, they become, he kind of gulps down some spit. Isaac and Troy are looking to each other a little bit skeptical. Uh, Conrad and Haverex both have kind of the same sort of very curious expression on their face, disarmed of all hostilities. And Seamus is just blank because he's just a white. The individual that links the two planes sort of becomes a a conduit, so to speak, to um, to the Aether in having done so. This is bad, I assume. They do not survive? Or what? I think chances of survival are relatively fair, given that, um, well, I, I think that we would have means of healing if something went wrong. Dazril? Yes, Rylan. You don't think that Halifax was a conduit? I... Upon this new information, I have reason to think that he may have been. But then how do they have a link if they no longer have a conduit? Well, in truth, I'm not quite sure. Uh, What do you mean by have a link? Well, didn't you say that it has a link between here and the Aether, but wasn't that due to they had a more controlled version because of Halifax? Oh, I understand what you mean. Now, you see, I believe that it's possible that Halifax is the one that created the link in the first place by touching the obelisk, linking it to this plane. Well? In short, this is in in a way all because of Halifax. Right. So now someone else must pass the baton then, or receive it. And whoever does this has to have a link themselves to another plane of existence. Yes. I, the way that I understand what Zabriel said is that the Aether is now linked to the material plane, and we can now create a link from the material plane to a different one, cutting the Aether out of it. The rift only goes two ways. It cannot go three ways. Well, he'd look around. It seems the safest, in my opinion, that it would be linked to Celestia, but I also don't see much harm in it being linked to the ethereal plane or any other that isn't catastrophically dangerous. Yes, I disagree with the, um, the Seraph. Uh, lands should not open a portal to that place. I have a, I have a question. Yes, and perhaps it's just my understanding of all of this arcane stuff is not really my persuasion. Shadow self, it's shadow steel itself is not linked to the aether. It is just something that can open rifts, so it can open a rift theoretically to anywhere that it's linked to. Ilfarin might actually uh, know kind of an, a tidbit to add on to this. We've discussed that before, like what Ilfarin knows about Shadowsteel prior to the campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's up to you if you even intersect. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have no, mentioned I'll, it. No, I'll, I'll pipe up, sure. Sure, Ilfarin will pipe up. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's from the Aether. So anywhere would it go? Would it have a link to the Aether then? Who's to say that once it goes into... What, what did you call it, uh, Celestia or uh, Ethereal, there would not be some adverse interaction between those two planes and the Aether. I mean, I, I don't know about um, an adverse reaction. I, I suppose um, it would 
depend on the properties of the obelisk exactly. Uh, whether uh, I, I think that I would be correct in saying that this isn't just a piece of shadow steel. There's something else going on here. If nothing else, it seems like a, a great gathering of shadow steel. Mm. So perhaps it's that. Perhaps it's a, a quantity thing. Um, but uh, shadow steel itself—it just um, uh, sometimes a, a rift will open. And it will fall. At that point, the rift closes and uh, it hits Atharis. It comes down and impacts somewhere. And uh, maybe it stays there for generations or hundreds of years. Or uh, maybe it's seen falling, you know, uh, like a meteorite. It leaves a trail in the sky. Do agree in believing that creating a portal from here and... Celestia is not the wisest decision. If this, the creatures that resided there, the Aether Kindred, were able to drive the, even the gods mad, those seraphs above don't stand a chance. But I also am not allowing nor willing to allow Ilfarin to put his life on the line for this. Then send the witch hunters. Um, Haberex kind of eyes Isaac and Troy. What links do they have? When I created the... The curse that takes them and transforms them into witch hunters. I linked the curse to the other side. And Isaac and Troy kind of exchange a glance and are kind of like look on their face like they have no idea what Havrex is talking about. What do you mean the other side? It is a mirror. The mirror that, that outlines the world that we live in. The place where magic comes from. The creatures. There are many that are magic in nature. The, the witch hunters, they, they need to have some sort of bond with the beasts in order to fully understand them. And so, I link them to the plane that the beasts get their magic from. It is known only as the other side. It is nothing more than a mirror. Hmm. All beasts get their magic from this place? Those that are magical. Interesting. Well, I'm not going to put that pressure on anyone. I've, I've got a son to see. I I'm know. not going in there. Yeah, You're don't not. worry about it, pal. I wouldn't want to do what he wants anyway. It was said that the chances would be quite good here, right? Of survival, I mean. Yes, that's what they seem to think. And if, if, if anything went wrong, then we have healers. But the, the Aether is... I don't think uh, you're risking injury necessarily here. Right, you're risking some sort of, I don't know, esoteric alteration to your being. And who knows what happens after you die, once affected by this, might not go where you might want. Conrad peeks in, in kind of his more <laughs> calm uh, version of himself. I think that the fear of being linked to the Aether means the fear of being unmade. It's a place of creation, where things are made and unmade. I don't think that it's a matter of being hurt. It's a matter of not being at all. What happened to your friend when he, I, I guess, became conduit? Looks like Rylan. Well, I mean, he was very, I guess you'd say, ghostly. He was able to run through walls and do all sorts of ethereal-like properties or moves. Uh, I mean, besides that, him, he had a lot of trouble sleeping. I know that. Suffered from terrible night terrors. But, but he was also dead at one point. This is true. He said he touched the obelisk and then he awoke in a boat floating down the river. Really unsure how he got there, 
but when he awoke, he had these powers. I don't... Listen, I'm not a, uh... You know, I've only just arrived here with you all. Seems far greater than I, but uh, if I could make a just a, a comment, it would seem that Ilfarin already is sort of affected by the... And perhaps he might have a greater chance of withstanding something that... If it makes alterations like that, it seems like he's already halfway there. Ilfarin spent many years stuck in the ethereal plane with no one but himself. And now he is going to, the few moments that he has in the material plane, he's going to be sapped and essentially tied to the Aether. But unfortunately, it is the only option that makes sense. I can't exactly fall on the sword here. Opening a portal to where I might be coming from would be a very bad thing, I think. I just, I don't feel comfortable with allowing any of you to do it, to be honest with you. This is my plight, this is my... The reason why we're here, yes, for for Amon to tell his duke of whatever, but the true reason why I came here was to destroy this thing. You all are here by the gods. I don't know why you've traveled this far with me, but I can't allow you my burden. But, um, not to interrupt, but I would hold severe issue with you opening a portal to the place that, uh, that he spoke of. He nods the stars roll. And Rylon, what if what if Solima wants to keep you there? What if you're unable to return? Then that is the curse I will suffer. I I put my life on the line more times than not to get to where I am right now, and I'm not afraid to just give up at the finish line and throw the the baggage onto someone else and hope for the best. But it is unnecessary. The ethereal seems like a much more neutral option. Listen, it is in my better faith to spend the most of my life fighting the Aether. I know Solima does, I know my great-grandfather Talstar did as well. And if it is my destiny to do the same, then so shall it be. Uh, Rylon, uh, I don't know if it's the best idea to uh, be creating a link between uh, something with, you know, purpose and uh, this. Greed. Y- y- you, uh, while I admire your willingness to do what you have to do. It might not just be your life. You could be risking uh, the gods, uh, anybody else there, um, seraphs at least, uh, or arch-seraphs even. And who's to say, once they are affected, how will the faithful on Etheris be affected? I'm not going to say that that I want to do this, right? I I don't think anybody wants to do this. but it has to be done. And uh, as Imon said, uh, why would you link that to something that means something when you could link it to something that is nothing? This is so sick. That was very well put, Hilfaren. Um I must agree with him. Uh, I, I, again, I'm not saying I want to, but uh, you have, um, for years, I wondered without much purpose, right? I picked up jobs, I tried to find out what I could about about her, what happened, my past. I avoided certain things. And if uh, if if this is the end, then uh, so be it. At least it would be for a good cause. Rylan would stand there, very pensive, kind of cross his arms and give a soft shake of the head. But then what? You're just going to be a conduit. Are you comfortable with that? 
where you will be driven mad by the by the by the illusions of a of an aether kindred. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like uh, something that I would want, no. Uh, but I've already undergone one metaphysical alteration. So, uh, what's another? But you do not yearn to be the elf you once were. You are okay with who you are now. No, no, I'm, I'm not. But I don't see a way back. L like I said, I've looked around for answers. I've, I've looked for people like me. I've heard whispers occasionally, but it's never been uh, anything concrete. And I fear that those who are in my position would know about as much as I do. They would just know uh, the walls of the college and the grey and uh, the blur and the nothing. There was no answers there. It just was or is. You are very brave. I wouldn't say brave. You're very righteous then, Cesaro says. Maybe. Would you like to carry him up there or should I? I'll do it. And, uh, I approach Ulfarin, kind of, uh, awkwardly wrap my arms around you. Could we and, all go uh, up there? I look <laughs> up at the obelisk. There, there's, like, maybe the platform itself is, like, 12 feet by 12 feet. The obelisk takes up, uh, the very center of it, probably 2 feet by 2 feet. So there's space that other people could stand there. Um, it would just be a little bit cramped in case, in, in the situation that something were to come forth from the obelisk, it's possible people could fall. That's a risk that uh, you guys would be aware of. I, I don't know how far the, the reach is on this thing, so I don't think it is wise for more than just Elfarin and I to be there, just in case. Well, if something uh, does come through, I believe myself to be well, the most uh, untapped magically, perhaps it might be wise if I were right. to up there. I will just be in a small form, a flight, flightful form as well, so I can just observe. And I can be hovering nearby with, with Amon, perhaps, or one of the others. Yes, I can uh, levitate myself up there. Right. I, uh, I lean into Stazeril kind of quietly uh, before mm -hmm. I take off, and I say, make sure you keep your eye on uh, the witch hunters. I don't... I think uh, their ancestor might be a bit itchy to kill them. Then I will stay close. Give him a nod. Give everyone else a smile, and Elfar and we take off. I'll turn into a silverly, silvery white bald eagle and fly up too, and just sort of fly around. Okay. I, would, thing. I would very slowly levitate to the top. <laughs> <laughs> what is the speed of that? Uh. It is 20 feet a turn up. Oh. <laughs> okay, so it takes you like a minute to get all the way up there. Everyone's it's already like, been it's up like there taking for the like, elevator. Yeah, everyone's already been up there for like 40 seconds. <laughs> Something that you probably noticed then, uh, Onira, do you have dark vision at all? Let me see if uh, a bird has dark vision. I'm going to say so. yes. Like, I just assumed that all animals in real life have dark vision TBH, so I'm just going to assume that. Okay. Sure. That a bird does, and so um, up there, your your eyes are already well adjusted to the darkness. You see everything in brighter shades of gray and black and white, and you can see crawling like ants on an ant hill, the undead that are clung to the ceiling of the cavern, so dense that you cannot see the stone. That's super unsettling. <laughs> yeah, 
I mentioned it last session very briefly. Yeah. One of them yeah. fell from the ceiling. I remember. It just... I assume they're just, like, sort of shifting every so often, too. Yeah. So it's just, like, yeah. they're, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. And so they're they're up there just layering the, the ceiling, and so that's what you see. And then Rylon flies up there with Ilfarin. Um, you said you were wrapping around, like, under his armpits or something, or...? Uh... We'll do around the waist, like right in front, like I'm giving him a hug, and then I'll just lift off. Okay. And um, Amon slowly makes his way up there. Do you wait for Amon to get all the way up there before you do anything with with Hillfarm? <laughs> well, I don't even know he was coming, <laughs> so I guess not. I just put him down once I get to the top. Okay. Then uh, it, sounds like it's, it sounds like it's just the four of you, so I'm gonna, like, this is all you guys, and, and I'm just gonna set the scene. So at the very top, uh, we've already mentioned that the cavern ceiling, but at the top of the tower, like I said, it's about 12 feet by 12 foot, very ornately hewn stone, intricately carved, as if it wasn't even carved by hands or tools, as if it was carved by magic itself. And um, around the very edges, there are statues of of warriors in armor that you have never seen before. They're so old. Um, it's possible maybe... Maybe Onera has, has seen something like that in, a, in not in person, but you in know, a dream. Yeah, um, it's also s- sort of possible that Olfarn might have read about or seen in a book something of the like. But they line uh, every like three or four f- feet around the edge of this whole uh, flat top of the tower, uh, facing outward, kind of like swords or axes or maces all kind of held by the the hilt or the handle and facing down um, perched like right between their feet and the air is stagnant up here all of the stench that has ever existed in this cavern is is kind of like all clung to the top where it's uh, like kind of damp and the the air sticks to you clammy and and putrid it I'm not, I'm don't think it's strong enough to make you guys gag or, or throw up or anything. But if your character, if you feel like your character is a bit squeamish, then possibly something to consider. And there, in the center of this platform, is the obelisk, just a perfect black silhouette with a lightning blue sort of outline um, to it. It's all you guys. Is there just a, is there a small halfling-sized handprint on it anyway? <laughs> Ooh, you know what? Um, I'm gonna. If you guys do look at it, I would like you guys to inform me, um, and I'll kind of tell you if you if you notice anything about it. I think you would all kind of take away something different from it. But you could make a perception check if you want to, like, you know, pun intended, Hawkeye it. Um, um I will. I will take a gander at it. Mm-hmm. I also start rushing my way up. I read now that I can use my movement to move faster. I fucking do so. <laughs> okay. You start climbing a lot, and I'd float another 20 feet. Yeah. He's got Pull the hover boots on. Yeah, exactly. Doof, doof, doof. It's a 14. That's, that's kind of sick, though. Seeing a monster just kind of jump on air and just run up. Yeah. I'm the avatar. Oh, wait, I'm an eagle. Right. Uh, you get advantage, I think? I do. I do get advantage. That's better. That's, that's, that's 26. 26 is better. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's some simple math right there. Looking at it, you see kind of like a glimmering ocean of emerald glow, like bright sort of rich uh, kind of grass green dots in pairs. You, you notice very quickly that they're eyes that litter the everything. And you see a silhouette 
you can only see the silhouette because of the glow of all the eyes in the background. It's like looking through a portal. The silhouette is that of a, um, hmm, of a knight. They are in a, a suit of armor. Every kind of different area around the continent has their own kind of aesthetic to their armor. Down in, in Castellor, it's all kind of like smooth uh, gunmetal with like silver trim, I mean gold trim. Um, here in Astoya, it's very kind of crude, vampiric, a little bit spiny, spiky, uh, black with red accents. This one is the dim green light illuminates it a little bit. And you can see green and brown on their, uh, kind of like on their, uh, what's it called? Tabard? Yeah, their tabard. It's like rested over their plate. Um, right. With gold trim in the middle. You re- realize very quickly that it's... Uh, Burak. It's Burak. Mm-hmm. Well, Alfarin, are you ready? What uh, exactly am I doing here? My guess is that you're going to have to go over there and touch it. <laughs> just just touch it? Uh, from what Halifax described to me, that's, that's all he did. Seemed to work out. Right. And that'll link it to the ethereal and it'll disappear from here? And it won't just move somewhere Whoa. else, he would say. He, he's floating like five feet away from me. His head slowly come up from the yeah. side of the building. <laughs> I, I hope it would move. I hope it would uh, go to the ethereal. I mean, maybe you have to be in the ethereal plane when you touch it. I don't know. Well, this is all very experimental, so let's just touch it and get it over with. Good luck, Ilfarin. I, uh... I, I tell you what, I'll uh, touch it in the ethereal, and, and uh, if my hands go straight through it, then, then I'll just come back. You would hear a squall from the eagle. Well, uh, right. If anything comes out of it, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you guys will be fine. All right. Okay. Uh, should I give you my possessions? I, 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 I don't really know what to... No, just go for it, man. We'll see you in a moment. <laughs> Just go for it. And, and what if you don't see me in a moment? I'd be very surprised. <laughs> okay. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. If you th- feel like things are getting weird, Ilfarin, just come back immediately. You can just turn off the ethereal plane, right? You can just come back. Um, sort of. All right. Well, we'll see, I guess. Uh, well, uh, either I'll see you on the other side or uh, or I won't. I give Ilfarin a hug. Mm. Thank you. Of course. Say uh, hello to your friends for me, if I if I don't come back. Ah, oh, now for the dramatics, you'll be back in just a moment. Okay, okay, okay. I pause, dramatically, mm-hmm. and uh, I will. Since I don't have my uh, my racial feature, um, I will cast blink. Okay. As soon as Ilfarin uh, blinks out of existence, uh, I'm just gonna usher a prayer to Solima in his name. Okay. Um, so technically the way this spell works is you roll a d20 at each of your turns, however we're not in a turn, um, order. So I'm assuming it's basically like a 50-50 flip, whether you go to the ethereal or you come back. And then when the spell ends, you come back to reality, lost for one minute. So I would wait until I go into the ethereal, which I don't know when that's going to be. It could be immediately after I cast it, it could be in 12 seconds, it could be in 6 seconds, etc. Um, and then I would put my hands on the obelisk. Okay. So I'm just double reading to make sure I gathered all that on the blank spell. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said you place your hands on the obelisk? 
I do. As you extend your hand out to touch the obelisk, and I assume you're looking at it, right? Yep. Lit up by this ocean of green emerald glow, these beady green eyes, you see through the obelisk uh, a figure that is looking back at you as if through uh, a window or a portal. They are, they're a half-elf, one that you probably recognize, and it's been a long time since you've seen them. They don't say anything, they, they hardly even notice that you're there, but then your hand touches the obelisk. In the matter of an instant, you feel a sharp pain racing up your arm, uh, which you, you touch with both arms or just one or? Both. Okay, then the sharp pain races up both of your arms. For, we'll get the out of character out of the way first. You take 30 necrotic damage. Mm -hmm. A pain races up both of your arms, past your forearms, up past your elbows, all the way up to your triceps and your biceps. It doesn't reach your elbows before all of a sudden you are drawn into the ethereal plane. And looking around you, you can see kind of, kind of like wispy shadows where all of your friends were. You see uh, a, a figure that looks like it has wings sprouting from its back. You can surmise that it's probably Rylon. You see in the distance something swirling around this tower, a smaller figure flapping around, maybe a bat or a, a bird. And you see uh, a figure standing there, very humanoid. And the only three figures that were there were your companions, so must be Amon. But there you are standing at the top of this tower in the ethereal plane where everything has a sickly green hue to it, uh, but not quite as green as the ocean of eyes that you saw in the aether. You feel a touch on your shoulder. I suppose I... Hmm. I want to keep my hands on the obelisk. Um, so I guess I would kind of shuffle to the side. Um, <laughs> Uh, breaking contact with the hand, probably, and looking that direction. Your arms, by the way, they no longer hurt, but if you were to look at them, you would see that they are shriveled and wilted. Your hands probably up to your arms and probably up to wherever the pain was. Uh, an effect of the Aether, as experienced by our players before the campaign started. The figure that you see as you kind of sidestep is a... Uh, it's an individual that you knew well from... Ulmir's Gate. It was a professor of evocation, a practitioner of the art of blade singing, specifically panther style. They, you never detailed in your backstory what they look like, so I'm taking some creative liberties. Mm -hmm. You see them in a long blue robe with uh, kind of silvery, uh, silver embroidery and um, silver trim underneath their robe, which is held to them by a uh, cloth belt is a simple chainmail, nothing ornate or special just kind of dull steel in rings on their hat is kind of like one of those stereotypical wizard-esque hats where it has like the wide brim that goes all the way around in sort of a conical shape but this one is, is a little bit crooked and sort of like veers up and then off to the left a little bit and they appear much like you an elf except their skin is all gray and you see them kind of in their natural form. They're not all wispy and shadowy and stuff like that because they are, they too are here in the ethereal plane with you. It's uh, Syra Torsin. I've been watching you, Ilfarin. How? I never left. I've always been here, following you. This must be some sort of trick. It's not. 
You're in the ethereal. You can let go of that now. She gestures with her eyes towards the, the obelisk that you're holding on to. I'd look at the obelisk and then uh, retract my hands back both at the same time. I must say that I am pleased with the progress that you've made. <laughs> but your form still needs some improvement. You could work on it a little bit. One uh, can always find something to improve upon. Yes. The others all left me. It's just me now, here. They're out there. Francois is somewhere in the north, digging up the remains of a seraph or something. I, uh, I heard, actually. Yes. And, and you're here? I'm here. I wanted to keep tabs on all of my students. The easiest way to do it was to be here. Ah, uh, I see. You should come into the, uh, the material plane sometime. You're headed to Bonasau next, am I? correct uh i think so uh bonasau or uh, uh talsar one of the two it would be quite the travel for me to venture back to olmia's gate and continue all the way back down to bonasau how about we suffice to say that i will see you again somewhere because i'm not going to allow you to stay here uh, of course of course i'm sorry uh, no don't don't there's a valley to the east of the Grey Spine, I've seen you and yours speak of it. I think that that would be a fair travel for me. Perhaps I'll see you there. I, uh, I hope so. There's something grim upon you now, Lofar. I can see it. I think there was something uh, grim upon us all, really. Perhaps. Maybe not like this, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, they're not alone out there now. The rift has been severed, but there was a connection for a moment. You'll need to help them. You should go now. I, I will. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you again, yes? I will try. Farewell for now, student. And do keep working on your form, please. I will. She stands there, like kind of with you in between her and the obelisk, and raises her arms to, to embrace you and kind of like a, a goodbye. It's been a long time since you've seen each other, and... You know your relationship uh, with this individual, y kind of a figure that you looked up to at the time. You know, your time there at Olmir's Gate studying. Mm -hmm. It's likely, I think, that um, that Sira Torsin would have also probably been a fan of you as a student. I think that that kind of relationship is is goes both ways. The student is that likes the teacher is often the favorite of the teacher. Yeah, yeah. And so she reaches her arms out. And regardless of whether or not you would be accepting of it, grabs you by the shoulders, tries to drag you in for a, just a goodbye. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I would pause as I'm dragged in, and then I would very slowly return the embrace. Mm -hmm. Take care now. Travel safe. Yeah, you too, miss. She brings her hands off from your back and puts them onto your shoulders and shoves you away from her and backwards kind of into the obelisk. And... In like a sudden poof, you find yourself stumbling out back into the material plane uh, outside of the obelisk. But while that in that interaction was happening, <laughs> we're going to be booting up Tailspire because something else was going on in the material plane. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yep, that's me. So there is going to be combat. Um, and Wait, you'll why, find am I, why am I crying at the club right now? You're probably going to be out of the first couple rounds. Oh, that's absolutely fine. I'll watch. Don't worry. Damn, Ilfarin, you betrayed us. 
<laughs> that thing all foreign? I kill a foreign. Man, we know how long it took Amon to get his hand healed. Yeah. yeah. Two two dang arms gone. At the same damn time. At the same damn, same damn time. time. So this is the Dare You Delve campaign in uh, Tailspire. And for our listeners, you are going to be seeing these encounter images uh, on our Discord in the hashtag encounter images uh, or encounter map images, one or the other um, uh, tab in our Discord. So feel free to check them out there. And we begin uh, the rest of our session directly into combat as Ilfarin is still in the ethereal plane and out from the obelisk pure seven figures that surround the uh, the obelisk entirely they're figures of, of pure darkness like just silhouettes with beady green eyes of of some of them are like humans some of them are like partially elf some of them are are, are even halfling um, or other smaller races and they're there with hungry eyes and the first thing that they spot is amon and three of them lock eyes on him right off the bat who knows if they're locking eyes with him, but they're staring right at him. Hey. And uh, and so flying around the, the top of this tower where the obelisk is currently is Rylon. And uh, he's got his seraph wings out. And Onira, who is in the form of uh, an eagle. <laughs> and then we have Amon, who is floating just off the side of the tower here. And so the initiative starts off with Rylon, whom is pretty drained on his spells. That's right, I got one fourth level spell slot left. Let's see how well I use it. He would use uh, Firebolt to kick things off because we're being a little bit pensive here. I'm going to move myself, my movement. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Are you using the, the arrow keys? Yes. That's so perfect for being up this high. That's sweet. And I will... Uh, shoot a firebolt at the one closest to Amon, I guess. So the, I'll just say the one on the far, the right side of Amon. If you hold down tab, you number should be six. able to see. Awesome. Number six. Yeah, I Got numbered it. them for the, the purpose of making that communication easier. Gotcha. So firebolt at number six. I can't wait for our, our listeners to see these images, man. It's going to look sick. 27. 27 hits. All right. That is 2d10 fire damage coming his way. Eight fire damage. Eight and, fire damage? Yes, sir. Ah, okay. And uh, I don't think I have anything I could do for a bonus action, so that will be my turn. Okay, you see kind of like the fire just blasts a hole right through it and, and collides with the floor, um, leaving kind of an empty hole there that you can see straight through, and it slowly starts to close back up with shadow. Uh, but the figure definitely let out like a screech, like an ear-piercing howl as, as the, uh, the damage is dealt to it. And you said that's your turn? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, we move on next to Amon. Uh, hello. Who starts throwing up black ichor. Yeah, just a little dribble comes out of my mouth. And <laughs> with that, I would uh, throw my arms out and transform them into uh, the... Oh, I'm so tempted to use the other one, but I'm going to use the, uh, the sharp uh, blades and talons and stuff like that. The big curved stuff. And uh, I'm going to move in to... So I can't stand anywhere on this, right? Uh, I think that you could stand... Here, let me... 
you tell me, because it's hard to tell with Tailspire, but it looks like there's no open spaces. I mean, you're you're levitating, so you can kind of like hover there, right? Yo, right. But if I get hit and lose my concentration check, I fall off a tower. You could try and fit on the corner right there closest to you. It, it is it is very cramped, but uh, I mean, yeah, All it's right. better than nothing. Don't you have range? I do, but uh, the thing is, uh, so I guess I will. I, I will stay out of range, but they can hit me with something. I'm hovering, right? And if gotcha. I fail my concentration check, <laughs> but, you got uh, slow fall though, right? You're good. Yeah. Yes. Totally. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sit ten feet away from them, floating at the same level as them. And I'm mm -hmm. gonna start swinging uh, some sharp force attacks at them uh, with my adaption. I'm also gonna spend a key point to do flurry of blows. And which one is this on? Number seven? How do you see the numbers? Hold on tab and you'll see that I've numbered each of them. Got it. Yeah, it's going to start with number seven. Okay. Okay. So the attack's coming out. 22 to hit is the first one. 22 hits. Okay. So as it attacks, he also might take some poison damage here. So the damage he's going to take is going to be 13. With I don't know if there's any difference in the poison, but the last one is a four with the poison uh, damage. Okay. If it's immune uh, to poison? The, it is immune to poison. I'll just say it out, out Is the it gate. poison or acid? Uh, oh, acid. <clears throat> acid, sorry. Oh, then it... Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Let me double check that. And is that just like coding your, your aberrant transformation? Yeah, yeah. It's like within my veins and stuff. Like, That's everything sweet. is now you're dripping. You're glowing green, green and yes. shit, right? That's sweet. Okay. So 13 damage goes through and you see uh, as you like rake into it, a few gashes kind of like open up, just like separating a piece of paper, like tears going across it. You can see all the way through them to the obelisk that are behind it, the silhouette, sh uh, like shrouded in blue, still there. And then the, as you pull your hand all the way away, you see those gashes made from the, the claws fill back in with more shadow, but the damage is definitely done. Well, as it begins to fill back in, can you also make me a constitution saving throw DC 14, sir? You know what time it is. Here we go. A 12. He fails. He's bleeding and he can't regain HP through any other con like uh, means of re than resting. Okay, hold on. Let me check condition immunities. Ooh, yeah, good point. Look at that. Immune to bleeding, especially from Amanda Labascon. How strange. How strange. <laughs> You know, it's got a pretty long list of condition immunities, and uh, bleeding is bleeding is not one of them. Yeah, which is weird is they don't even bleed. But uh, I'm sad. Okay. Life force. Okay. All right. The, so, the gash does not close back in. Oh, that's good. Cause seeing that opening, uh, that one being distracted, I'm going to go ahead and lash out at number six with the second attack. <laughs> yeah, fuck number six. He sucks. 20 to hit. 20 hits. It's going to be uh, 12 damage, mixture of uh, magical force and uh, acid. And another con save. And another con save, sir. And I was just telling B-Side actually about how much I hate the bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another 12. So Fail? same thing happens. Like you just gouge right across them and those gashes don't fill back in. It's, it's almost like having a drawing of something and just erasing lines through it. Perfect. Uh, all right, and then I'm going to go just back to seven for another attack. 23 to hit. Man, Amana's getting right in there. <laughs> 23 hits. Ah, yeah, they'll get their revenge. <laughs> 16 damage. 16. 
and I need a strength saving throw. A strength? Oh gosh. Okay. Dude, this yes. fucking Leaden Crown Monk and the Aberrant Horror <laughs> transformation broken. Yeah, Leaden Crown is so <laughs> cool. Um, oh, if I was away of the fist though, whoo. they get a twenty-one total on their strength save. Okay, it succeeds. It does not move, and uh, frustratingly enough, I then swing out at the second one again. The uh, number six, going back and forth, back and forth. one for Just each. Like, That's sweet. Yeah, left, right, left, right. Can I hit all four? I can't. Twelve hits. Oh, oh my god, I can. <laughs> they have really low AC. Sixteen. Uh, Sixteen damage, sir. And that was on number six. Yeah. Yes, number six, and no saves for him necessary because he's already bleeding. Okay. All right, sick. Um, that's going to be my turn. Okay. As it comes around to the turn of of these, um, I don't want to call them Foscateels because that's not what they are. Foscateels just the Aether Kindred. The we'll, we'll use the name that the Ghostfire people actually gave them. Uh, as this Oblivion Stalker like is there in front of you, these these seven that are just around this. Uh, this obelisk and you start to attack these two all of them turn kind of in unison to look at you hey guys you can't fly right oh my God. <laughs> they, they all float they all float towards you <laughs> and oh man this is sweet just double checking their stat block really quickly two of them uh quickly like come out as far as they can like just to the edge and i'm gonna make an acrobatics check for them to see if they can even balance on this. Natural one. They fall. F- 15. I'd say they make it. Um, and so this one comes over and tries to reach out and grab onto you for uh, a 19. I'm sorry, is, my mic wasn't on. Uh, is he grabbing on the me or is he attacking he's like, you? He's like attacking you. Okay, yeah, 19 hits. A 19 hits, okay. Uh, then you are going to be taking... Uh, Ooh, bad rolls. Oh, that's great. That's fine. 11 necrotic damage. <laughs> and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, it's my turn to make the save now. <laughs> that's right. 15. 15. I'm going to check something before I tell you the result really quickly. Uh, just something on your character sheet. Okay. Uh, a 15 makes it. And <laughs> so no further effect happens. Uh, however... You do take that damage, and that one is there, like, right on the edge in front of you. And then the other one dives through the air towards you. (laughs) He falls. (laughs) (laughs) He dives through the air towards you, trying to swipe you through the air um, as he's, he's, like, going right for you. For a a 21 total. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, For... Oh. Ooh. 23 necrotic damage. That's a lot of damage. And I need you to make a con save. 11. Your maximum uh, hit, or you lose one hit die for the time being. So please decrease your hit die by one as as some of your like life essence is drained from you in this this strike as it grabs onto you and then uh, releases your, your, uh, your arm or whatever it grabs. I can't edit my hit die, but whatever. I know, I'm sick. Okay, I got it written down as well, so not a big deal. The others... I'd say another one dives through the air towards you. Like, I, it's not like they're going to go attack Onira and, and and Rylon. 
Uh, so it's diving through the air. This one, after it hits you, like starts sailing down through the air. <laughs> away. Oh, they're suicide bombing. Um, but this one dives through the air as well, trying to attack you for a 20. Uh, yep, not natural. Okay, you got saved on the last roll. 14 necrotic damage. Yeah. And I need you to make a con save. Yeah. Eight. You lose another hit die. My five. And this one also begins to sail through the air away from you guys. Um, there are people that you care about, maybe, uh, down low there at the bottom. So we'll see how things go. Um, the others, one of them sees Rylon and uh, and is kind of like hiding behind the, uh, the statues up here. In fact, I would say the rest of them don't really have any sort of means of what to do. Uh, one of them starts to climb down, like hopping down to the next uh, tier. And then the next after that, it is now the turn of, uh, of Anira. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a small eagle. A small eagle. And there's not a lot of places to perch that a human could be on, right? Around here? Um, I mean, you could squeeze onto the, the platform. There's plenty of space on it now these other guys to worry about um this uh down here how far is that like down uh so the next tier down there's a measuring tool on yeah. tailspire that you can use uh oh. it is about 15 tiles which would be That's... you know 45 feet okay so i have 80 feet of or sorry speed. sorry not 45 feet that'd be uh 75 feet good i have 80 feet of fly speed i'm gonna go down there fly down there with my movement mm -hmm. as an eagle. Okay, and do I have, from that position right there, do I have line of sight on these two? Um, what are they? What numbers are they? Uh, number two and number six? I'd say you have a line of sight on number six, not number two. Okay, well, I'm going to turn back into a human. Or a dreamer, I should say. Um, and I'm going to fire a guiding bolt at it. Okay. I can do this, I believe... I can do this as, many, as much as my wisdom modifier, so I have five guiding bolts to shoot. What the hell? It's broken. You're stealing my swag. Sorry about that, friend. Sorry about word stealing your swag. Word for word. Bar for bar. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah. I shoot it. Oh, 17. 17 hits? Oh, it's radiant. Yeah. 14 radiant damage, and okay. whoever attacks it next has a has a uh, advantage on the attack. Does anything happen because it's radiant? No, no, no one attacks it next because uh, as you, this oh. guiding bolt collides with it, like it's mid falling down and down and down further and further. You see it like you're following it, trailing it with your eyes. What does this bolt look like coming from you? We all know what the Rylons is. Everything is kind of like a teal color. It looks like it's made of pure moonlight. Okay, so it's like a like a bright silvery kind of. Yes, exactly. Well, the moons are actually blue. So is it silvery okay. or is it blue? It's blue. It's whatever the moonlight looks like. Okay. In this, in this and you launch it, and it like streaks through the air, and you can see it starting to curve, following kind of like a heat-seeking missile, and uh, and just collides with it. There's an explosion of radiant moonlight, uh, and you see that as the your eyes adjust back to the darkness, that you don't see this figure sailing through the air anymore. I kind of smile and I'll yell out, "Use radiant damage!" I look down, I see Onira, them a nod. Yeah, is that your turn? That I believe is my turn. I don't okay. think I'm going to do anything else. We come back to the top of the turn order with Rylon. There are still 
four of these creatures perched atop the uh, the the tower surrounding the obelisk, and one of them has just been eliminated entirely, and one of them is uh, sailing downward through the air, and the other one is climbing down the side of the structure. Got it. Let's see what let's see where we're at right now. So I just come to realize that I actually have a forty foot movement speed or fly speed because of my trinket. So that's great. Um, how do I? How is that like right about? That'd be twenty five feet. Twenty five feet. All right. Yep. I'm going to land on that right there next to the obelisk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right on the platform at the top of the tower. Yep. Boom. I love that in Tailspire the fly adjust like it's all just a horizontal plane wherever you're flying on like you don't need to constantly adjust it up and down if you're moving elevations all right so i land like kind of face to face with the obelisk and i kind of look around and see all of these uh shadow or you called them oblivion oblivion stalkers oblivion stalkers and i kind of just eye them all around and see their green eyes and and hearing onira uh claim that radiant damage is uh i'm going to use my fourth level spell but mm-hmm. so here's the kicker, right? Okay. Um, as quoted by my trinket, uh, my golden ban. If I use my my prayer to regain a spell slot, it counts as two slots higher. And I haven't used my fourth level slot that I that I used when Conrad first showed up and he was gonna try mm-hmm. to kill all of the civilians. I prayed mm-hmm. for a fourth level spot back. And I haven't used it yet. I remember that. Yep. So I am now going to cast Spirit Guardians at sixth level. That's good. That's sick. <laughs> so I obviously can't cast it with because I don't have the spell. Uh-huh. But as I, I hold hold my hands towards the um, the obelisk and I kind of just like rip a rift like around us and instead of my usual like kind of floating sprites side by side exactly the same as how i saw them last ruben gabriel and halifax posted up on the on the on the podium with me and mm-hmm. we're all just gonna look towards these creatures and just be ready for battle that's sweet <laughs> just they're all glowing with this tealish radiant energy it's like they're like it's almost like it's just like you can't even see like emotion on them it's like straight just like it's like a drawing of them essentially in radiant energy and they're prepared for battle well yeah uh man i don't have um let me grab the ones that I use for uh, Waffle and Gabriel here because I my, my my thing was the was the evil elf. The one time I played on Tailspire. Yours was this one that's up here. It's like the little yeah. <laughs> I remember it very vividly. By the way, I also fall, my friend. You fall? Oh yeah, I got hit a bunch of times. I forgot the roll concentration because I was rolling so many other saves. I fall. Pee. I mean, there's a landing right here, and I'm a pretty agile guy. I'm fairly confident I can land. You have but... slow fall, though. You won't take damage yeah, if you fall. Yeah, I won't take any damage from to here. Oh, okay. I was about to, to measure out how much of a nah, distance nah. that was. He's like, yeah, that'll be like... 14d10 damage. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if I can land right here, it's like no damage. Look at that. Okay. Um, now that I have set up those three spirit guardians up here. So is that your turn? You move there, and, and you cast a spell... Yep. Uh, let me just put the marker down so we can see where the range is on this. It's 15 feet, so it's... Oh, wait, yeah, Spirit Guardians is one where they're, like, flying around you, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to delete these then. Yeah, no problem. Because I was thinking of uh, of the one where you create the, 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 like, Sentinel. No, no, no. 
but since my I'm kind of like overdriving my spirit guardian spell, I'm just gonna just adding a yeah, bit yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Okay, so, all right, and, that's my uh, turn. And at the start of their turns, they're just gonna have to make a wisdom saving throw. Mm-hmm. And then we come over to um, to Amon again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this tower looks pretty easily climbable up and down, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all in sort of plateaus, like levels. I think, I mean, the, the distances are still like 20, 30 feet each time, but... Yeah. Can you land me here? Because I don't fly anymore. He's dead. Boom. All right. Boom. All right, sick. You land on like the second platform down from the top, a distance of 20 feet below the top where Rylon is now fighting solely against uh, these four other Oblivion Stalkers up here. And I, I certainly wish him the best of luck. Uh, <laughs> and I would... Uh... This is the one I hit before, right? This one flying here? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, okay, yeah. That no, one's I'm still not. pretty fresh. I'm gonna... Do-do-do. Yeah, start climbing down, I suppose, for now. It's 20 feet, you said? Uh, yeah, so that would be another 20 feet right there to get down to the next level. Okay, no problem. 20 feet. 20 feet. Okay. I'm going to... Uh... That's so sweet, like scaling this gigantic tower. Yeah, I'm gonna dash 20 feet. 20 feet. Are you trying to get, like, right where it's gonna land? Fuck no, I'm trying to get down this goddamn tower. I have to <laughs> Fuck no, babe. I thought, I thought like, Fuck no, 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 no. like a... Amon's brave, but I got 4 HP, so I'm not trying to kill myself. Yet. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna hang out on this, on this little, this little roof edge here by myself. Gotcha. Hopefully avoiding the attention of these things for a moment. Okay. Excellent. Is that your turn? Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to quickly first do the one that is sailing through the air. It uh, it falls another, like, 80 feet and is, is on course to land, like, on the next tier down from you. Do they it's look like, like they're floating down or falling down? Uh, it's kind of a mixture of the two. Like, it's almost like guided sort of falling. Like, it's going where it wants to go, kind of. Gotcha. It doesn't... Like, it's definitely not panicking and, like, flailing around like a human that would be falling. Um, but so that one is, is out of sight. These other four that are up here at the top of the tower, they need to make wisdom saves, you said? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. And that's going to be a 17. That one passes. A 19. Passes. An 11. Fails. And a 20. Passes. So one, three pass, one fails. So yes. uh, the ones that pass are going to take half, and uh, the regular, the one that fails, obviously going to take full damage. They're going to take six d eight radiant damage. Six d eight. I pray for a good roll. Thirty radiant damage, and then fifteen for the half. Thirty. Yes, right. Uh, and that's okay. So, so the fail took the full one, and the and the passes took half. Yep. Okay. So number seven, the one that is directly over your right-hand shoulder that had recently attacked Amon um, and was already attacked by Amon, um, even though it passed the wisdom save, it still uh, explodes into a like a, a cloud of darkness that's, that stretches out in all sorts of different directions and thin wisps that dissipate into nothingness, an ear-piercing shriek following it and fading. All right, I'll, I'll say that Ruben clashes his whip against the back of the creature, and it just... Yeah, that's sweet. And then, oh my gosh. Okay, uh, 
number four and number five uh, take the damage, and they shriek and recoil back, trying to get away as like Gabriel and uh, or as Gabriel like sort of swashes through both of them, like in a waist level uh, chop with his claymore. And then the uh, the one that failed takes thirty vulnerable, so double to sixty <laughs> is KO'd from fresh health to nothing. As uh, do you want to describe how Halifax takes care of him? Yeah, I'll say Halifax like in pure Halifax form will kind of run towards the creature and just like whoosh, kind of go right through it, go right like kind of jump into it and just kind of stab it in the back of the neck, like with his little vampiric dagger. Yeah, that's sweet. Like, does he still have his top hat on and everything? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Then um, that leaves the these two that are up here with you, number three and number four, uh, and number one that is climbing down the backside, and number two, already three of these have been taken care of with the discovery of radiant damage being so useful against them. And um, these two that are up here kind of like rush past your spirit guardians, kind of, and yep. run towards to strike you. Um, you know, they're not like dim-witted. They can kind of see how things are going and, and that magic is possibly the 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 cause of their, their issues. And so they run towards you and strike a nat 2 to a total of 8. Fails. And a 17 to a total of 23. That one hits. For a total of 20 uh, yeah, exactly 20 um, necrotic damage. Alright, I take half. Um, resistance and necrotic damage. The first one like dives at you, and you kind of step out of the way, like hugging really close to the obelisk, not quite touching it, like almost Ooh. a breath away from it, and it like lands right past you on the other side of you, uh, skidding across the stone here, like a, a single piece of rubble like clangs off the side of the tower and starts its descent down the like 200 feet to the ground level. And here you see it like clatter right past you and down the edge. Um, and the f- other one that is up there with you goes to strike out at you and just like punches right into your chest, kind of like separating you from the obelisk a little bit, just that, that like to a comfort zone. But it hurt definitely, and the necrotic damage pours into you. But you're resistant to that, so not too bad. Um, and I need you to make a con save. Yes, I will. Seventeen. Do you have zero hit dice? I do. Ooh. This is sweet. Okay. Oh no. You pass the the con saving throw, so you're okay. Um, I, That's, I don't like that. You pass it. No big deal. Um, you you do take that damage though, like I said, and and then that takes us away from the top of the tower to uh, this other one that is climbing down the backside, and it makes its way down, and who knows where it's going? I don't think uh, I don't think Onira can actually see it. I definitely do not see it. Okay. Um, well, then it is out of their turn and into your turn. So maybe maybe you'll find it. Uh, well, I'm going to go... Um, I believe this is like... Uh, four tiles here. I think I should see... Right? It's, uh, five, it's about 30 feet. 30 feet, cool. Um, yeah, so I'm going to get there and then I'll shoot, shoot, fucking number two with a, with a, with a geating bolt. With another guiding bolt, alright. I'll have three more of these to use. I just imagine O'Neill like sliding down the slope of that roof from the side of the tower. Yeah, and then like, like hopping down. Yeah, 
Boom. 27. 27 hits. Dang. Almost in that 20. <laughs> One of the worst guiding bolt rolls ever. 10 damage. Yeah, 10. 20. It can be worse. I mean, with the vulnerability, it kind of makes up for it. But yeah, you're you're... Like you slide down, hop off, do a roll onto like this next level down, run like 15 feet and like summon this guiding bolt in your hand, like kind of like a softball pitch, like just whip it out. And uh, it like heat seeks, collides right into the back of this, uh, this figure that is still sailing through the air downward towards all of your allies down, down low. Um, but you strike it for 10, it's vulnerable to it, so. This is the first time I've striked it with Radiant, and it doesn't die instantly. Does it? Is there any like particular reaction from it? Does it, like, what is it I would say like? uh, that as it's sailing down, like it, it can't like stop itself midair. It's very clearly that it is a victim of gravity, but um, it like whips its head over its shoulder to look at you, like glaring at you, wide emerald eyes as it like snarls and, and seeds. I've seen worse than you. It's my turn. That's uh, sweet. And continues falling. <laughs> um, Falls. Then we come back up to the top with Rylon. All right. Um, I kind of like take a, like kind of like a step back, kind of facing these creatures, um, as I definitely don't want to risk an attack of opportunity as I stare at them in the face. So I will. Um, fuck it. Uh, is this, is this, a, this is just an action, right? Oh, wait. Okay, bet. So what I'm going to do is uh -huh. um, I'm going to use an action to shove uh, the creature to my right as an action. Uh -huh. And simultaneously as my bonus action, I'm going to use my Imperious Trinket to use my metallic wings to stab the creature as well. Okay. So it's kind of like at the same time, it's like my wings just jab into the creature and just try to shove it off the ledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, as we've described before for our listeners, the trinket that he got from Typhon, the first or the first Seraph of Imperius that was turned into the Lenchdag like five, six episodes ago that they fought it, um, the trinket uh, was called the Warrior's Wings, and it kind of like lines the top of Rylon's wings with uh, sort of like a uh, an armor that goes over the front and back side of the top of the wings but it's like razor sharp there at the top and comes to like two points at the edge of his wings that he can use to attack with. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead and make that roll. Okay. Uh, so I believe that the shove action, how does it, is it just like a melee attack? I think I have my wings. So I think I just, all right. Or does he have to make a strength check? Is it opposing? Um, yeah. So I, we have to, it's like an athletics on athletics check or <laughs> acrobatics, I think on their part. So I will roll the wings to see if it does any damage from one. If it hits. Well, five certainly doesn't hit. Five sadly doesn't. But I guess in the movement of my kind of pushing towards him, I still make the shove action. So I will roll my athletics. Mm -hmm. Six. Ah, uh, he beats by one. Okay, then favor of the gods. I will. I think I can use that on him. Let me check, just in case. I'm not going to roll it. I might be beat, though. Attack roll or saving throw. Okay, never mind. I'm beat. Okay. Yeah, he, uh... You know what? The, Fuck it, sorry. <laughs> I feel okay, like an asshole. I keep uh, interrupting you, you're good, but, you're good, you're uh, good. I am going to use, uh... I think I can also use this. Okay, yeah, so if I can conjure a... a success from a failure, when you make an ability check that fails, you can spend one sorcery point to re-roll the d20. 
Um, the new role is the role I must take no matter what. And I have oh, exactly okay. one sorcery point left. <laughs> so I'm going to re-roll my athletics check. Uh-huh. Eight. Oh, beats it by one. <laughs> Damn. I shove his ass. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, and it like flings right over the edge. Let me add flying to it really quickly. And it flings right over the edge, like backwards, facing you still, like a look of, of uh, kind of neutral uh, on its face, but like anger and horror in its eyes as it's like just kind of flailing backwards off of uh, the tower and like already sinking down victim to gravity. Alright, and then I just turn towards this other creature, and that's my turn. Okay. Amon, you, uh, you're down here running away. You did goddamn right I am. <clears throat> 60 feet now. Let's see how far you are below Rylon. You're already uh, 75 feet below Rylon, climbing down the tower, and you only have... Uh, let's see how, how much further to go. Uh, almost 200 feet. So the tower's a lot taller than I originally estimated. This thing is huge. It is. It is. This is 20. Let's say 20. Uh, like 10 to move around here. 15. Yeah, 15. 15. So, uh, <laughs> this is just, awesome. This, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What is this, 10 tiles to get to like this level, or is this 20 tiles again? Or 20 uh, feet right here. So that was, that's you spent 35 feet of moving so far. Yeah, I have 45 total. Can I get here with 10 tiles? Uh, I'd say since you're just dropping down, I'd allow it. Yeah. Boop. Like, I imagine you're not really climbing. You're just kind of, like, looking over the edge and, like, hopping yeah. and landing. Yeah, jumping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I roll, like, an acrobatics check to, like, land safely here? Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dash. Okay. Uh, since you are dashing, you're speeding yourself up a little bit, a little bit less cautious with all of your steps. I am gonna ask for an acrobatics. Yeah. And uh, the DC, I warn you, is gonna be a pretty fair DC. That's good. Because 22. this seems like a very rushed action. You make it. You yeah. kind of like slide down the edge there, grab onto one of the like stones that is sticking out a little bit further than the rest of it, and swing yourself on between these two uh, these two little statues right on the side. Uh, the distance between yourself, like the wall of the tower and the edge in front of you where you would fall is a total of like three or four feet. And so like you're right there at the cliff's edge pretty much. Excellent. Is that your turn? <laughs> Running away. Um, I'm going to spend a key point to dash again. I'm going to make another jump. It's funny that we were just talking about um, like Deadplex running away in that other campaign, like the moment that he saw that, <laughs> that creature. And here we are. Amon like strikes a couple times. Gets hurt a little bit, spends the rest of the engagement just running away. Yeah, correct. I mean, I got a little bit. Hurt a little bit. Mm, hurt a lot of bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to try to jump from here to here with okay. my second dash. Okay. Can I do that successfully? Uh, that's quite a distance. Yeah. Jumping down there. Um, I'm going to ask for another acrobatics check. And you'll definitely land there either way, but you might get hurt in the landing depending on your acrobatics check. 17. 17, I'd say you tuck and roll. Ah, tuck and roll, baby. You're okay. <laughs> All right, that's my turn. Iman is like actually metaphorically and physically living on the edge right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Okay, and that's your turn. And we come over to the Oblivion Stalkers. This one still sailing down and down and down. Now, I don't like, know if he's kinda... in my radius, but. No, no, that one's like the one that's way out of the way. Gotcha. Uh, the one that Onir most recently hit. This one that is closer to you is sadly now out of your range and is coming down here almost. It looks like it's on a collision course with Onira. 
it kind of like shifts around mid-air, like in full control of its body, and is now like locked eyes on Onira, arms outstretched, ready to strike the moment it lands. And uh, this top, this other one up here, uh, that is somewhere by Onira. Let me measure that movement out really quick. They're trying to kill me. Are they trying to kill you? Comes over the edge uh, of that little roof that Onira recently slid off of and is on his way uh, towards Onira. Two foe now engaging Onira, possibly. And then at the very, very top of the tower, like wind sort of stagnant and just kind of not even howling or, or blowing around next to you, you stand up here with your spectral guardians, Ruben, Gabriel, and Halifax, face to face with this uh, this creature. And it needs to make a wisdom save, doesn't it? Yes, it does. A six. All right. Takes 27 radiant damage. It's, it takes a lot more than 27 or 25 or whatever. Um, so it's vulnerable. And so that's quite a bit of damage to it in total. That's right. Which one, which one of your spectral guardians takes care of it? Or is, is it all three of them? Do they all just pounce it or what? Gabriel comes through kind of pushing between Ruben and uh, Halifax and just with one great swing from the top of the head down the middle of the body just slices right in half horizontally. Nope. Or vertically, sorry. Yeah, and the blade goes right between the eyes, kind of like the the head separates the two sides peeling off before dissipating into uh, shrieking wisps of, of black that are like tendrils outstretching in all directions that disappear into nothingness. You are now alone up here with the obelisk. And at this time, uh, falling out from the obelisk is Ilfarin, stumbling out onto the platform with you. Ilfarin! Are you all right? Uh, I'm fine. He stumbles out pretty close to the edge, but doesn't fall all the way over, kind of like landing on his back or his rump or something. Because it is an engagement and things are happening very quickly, we're going to come back down to the next person in line and we can talk about Ilfarin later. Uh, Onira, you're being rushed by two of these creatures. Right. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, Prowler. And I'm, I'm going to look. Hear it. <laughs> I'm going to look at these. I kind of... I'm looking down at these guys, and then I, I, I assume I hear some sort of sound. Yeah, they're just like chittering okay. and screeching, and like you can hear their claws yeah. like climbing up. The... So, I'll, so I'll look behind me and then look again back down to where the other thing's going. And on this like little pillar of spire here of this uh, of this tower, yeah, um, I'm gonna cast daylight. Okay. So in a 60 foot radius is pure unadulterated daylight. And that's that. Uh, and as a bonus action, I will turn into a giant eagle instead of a regular eagle, which I really should have been in the first place. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that's that's my turn. And does this does daylight actually do any damage at all, or is it does it it does not? Uh, but if it has any effect, it has any effect. That's what I would think it does. Onira, I think Onira is gonna is gonna kind of just rely on her gut with this. But, uh -huh. uh, okay. Then we come back up to the top of the turn. Right on. Elfarn uh, has just stumbled out in front of you. You're now alone here with him. And I say, well, it's glad to see that you're back, Elfarn, but we have company. And uh, they, have, uh, they are falling uh, beneath us as we speak. And uh, I try to attempt to grab him to try to go flying down. If he allows it, of course. Yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah. All right. So I will take the five feet to move towards Elfarn and scoop him and immediately um, uh, do the digital dash. And me, Ilfarin, and 
uh, Gabriel Rubin and Halifax will soar through the air down towards uh, uh, where the uh, where the one I pushed off is falling. So uh, let me see how I could do this here. I mean, I'd fly to you, and I'll fly. Whoa! I almost. I'm glad I didn't jump off. I got you. Um, uh, okay, let's see. So I can move 40 feet. So how many tiles is that? Eight like, tiles. Eight tiles. Uh, this is a bit confusing. Boom. I'll move you to wherever you decide. Yep, right there, right there. All right. There you go. All right. And uh, and Ilfarin was dragged along with you, right? Correct. So I don't know if uh, Ilfarin, uh, me picking him up counts as an action or not, but I'll leave that up to you. Uh, I'll say that we can kind of do it as like a, a bonus. Okay. So then as my action, I'm going to uh, just dash, I guess. So another 40 feet closer towards, uh, at least in range of Onira and uh, that uh, Oblivion character again. Okay. So let me see, where's my... Uh, sorry, I gotta get used to being able to pull myself down here. It's a bit wonky. Yeah, 3D space adds a, a whole nother level of navigation. All right. That being said, though, if you're if you're li a listener and you're hesitant on getting Tailspire, you really shouldn't be. It's fantastic. It really breathes a whole nother level of uh, of gameplay into uh, and 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 like atmosphere setting really really brings okay. it in. Uh, I move my character to where I've flown, and uh, that's my turn. Okay. And Ilfarn is there with you. That he is. Iman, you hear like the the unmistakable shrieks and din of battle high up in the tower, about 200 feet above you now. And you're still there descending, or, I mean, well, now you're landed on kind of like a walkway. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did land on a walkway. Doot, 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 doot. Let's see, real. There's some Easter eggs near you. <laughs> oh, you mean actually. <laughs> Are you da action dashing? Or... Oh my Dude, gosh. sprinting. He's gone. <laughs> He said, fuck this. Is that actually how back. far it goes? Your mic. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Um, yeah, with... Uh, I have uh, 45, plus 45, so 90 feet of movement. Each of these are five, right? Five tiles? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. You you dash down like three full flights of stairs, traveling 90 feet. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy to actually see like in, <laughs> in the map. Oh yeah, I'm moving. The far is like... Olympic level sprinter. I mean, Amon. Yeah, my name's not Elfarn. I'm not a ghost. By the way, Elfarn is gonna be uh, in the turn order at the bottom beneath uh, Kuda. Uh, yeah, that was my turn, my, my boss. All right. One of these Oblivion Stalkers has to make a check, don't they? Yeah, the one right next to me was mm -hmm. wasn't safe. I think the second one is a bit out of range. Yeah, but... the second one is just barely out of range. As you're like flying down, just wings tucked, diving down, Elfarn in hand. Right into the daylight. Yes, a, uh, a I'm used ten. to it. Ten fails. Twenty-three radiant damage. Twenty-three on number four. Okay, that one. Uh, as you're like diving down, you see like sort of diving through the air in unison in front of you, Ruben and Halifax and Gabriel, and Ruben just like collides, tackles this uh, this Oblivion Stalker, and the Radiant damage like burns right through it, and it just separates at the waist, upward and downward, in wisps that dissipate into nothingness. 
Ruben then kind of like abruptly stops like being jerked back in place uh, right there in front of you. And that Oblivion Stalker is gone. That leaves only two more. And uh, like seeing all this daylight uh, and that you have just come down here, this one actually is going to run. I need to see how far it can run. Yeah, it's going to run to the edge over here. And that's going to start hopping down further as a action dash. And the other one is continuing to fall further and further. It looks like it's about to, like if anyone were to look over the edge, it's like on a collision course with Stasriel down here. That son of a bitch. <laughs> we come out of their turn and into that of uh, Onira. And it's back in like an yeah, eagle form, right? I'm a giant eagle right now. All right. Um, so I'm going to chase after uh, one. Do you want to put me in fly mode? Uh-huh. Yep. You're in fly. What's your fly speed? Uh, 80 fucking feet. I don't know why I said the F word. All right. Yeah, we got listeners, dude. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Is that enough? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that was good. 75, I think. Right now, where you are, that's uh, seven, 65. That's uh, 75. Can I just get up to him? Pretty much. Yeah, we'll get right up on him, and uh, I'll, I'll multi-attack him. Whoa. As an eagle? The, yeah, as a giant eagle. That's sick. Caw, caw. Uh, that's a plus five. To, I have a plus five to hit with... Uh, and you're sheeshing all over the place. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. 24 hits. And what was the other one? 15 also hits. Okay. Um, and I believe it's... So for the first one, it's 1d6 plus 3. And then the second one, 2d6 plus 3. Okay. For a total of so 7 19. and 12, respectively. Okay. Uh, I need to know if that's magical. Uh, they are not. Not magical. All right. It's just a beast. Okay, okay. And and you're like what raking it with your claws and then pecking it, or something? Uh, yeah. So I'll I first stab at it with my beak and then I'll rake it with the with the talons. Okay. And you see it? It is like it, it notices you and kind of like bats you away with the back of its hand, like trying to get you away from it as it's like eyes on the prize, looking towards descending further and further to the ground. I I suppose you guys don't really know much of the nature of these things yet, so who knows what it's trying to do? And uh, is that the end of your turn? I'm going to call at it really loudly. Let's see, my turn. Okay. <laughs> Rylon. It is Ilfarin. Uh, oh, yeah, Ilfarin, actually. I can't. You could wait for me to move Ilfarin if you'd like. I could. I thought Hold there was one close to us, like real close, but I can't really. No, yeah, he, he exploded it when oh, he okay. flew, moved um, into the range. Okay. Uh, in that case, uh, bonus action, I will Blade Song. Okay. <laughs> You're just whipping your sword through the air. Yeah, as, just, oh, by I'm the just, way, I'm, does I'm like having non-functioning hands affect that at all? Uh, most likely, yes. I need to be able to actually draw my sword. So if my hands are non-functioning, then uh, I cannot draw my sword. Your hands are non-functioning. All right. I attempt, They're like I shriveled up all the way sword. past the elbow. And uh, I cannot even unsheath it. Yeah. You're, you're like, you realize quickly that you have zero control over the muscles it's like they've been wilted away and it's like skin to shrivel up to the skeleton all right i will uh let out a uh, quiet kind of painful cry as i attempt it um and then i will do nothing there's actually no pain okay well then perhaps you're surprised maybe i don't know yeah it's up to you yeah i'll say it's a it's a cry of surprise sure <laughs> okay <laughs> you said just do nothing <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's nothing I can do here. Yeah. Okay, that's that's sick. We'd love to see that. No, it's not. 
Okay, then Rylon. All right, I am, uh, let's see how far this Oblivion Stalker is. He's Down quite far. Ways. Yeah, he's fallen. So it's even like it. with moving uh, 40 feet, so what is that? How far is 40 feet? Would be eight, eight tiles. Eight tiles? Okay, yeah. Um, fuck it. I'm just going to dash still. Ooh, that's a little too far. I would think that your falling speed, like naturally just falling speed, would be faster. If that's always an option. I guess so. So I guess I just kind of like jettison ourselves like enough to. So you said it was 16. So like, I guess I'll just. Yeah, I'll just dash myself like in the middle of the air and just kind of free fall. I go into a dive. No wings, just. Tor creature. Perhaps this is scary to Ulfarin as he's being dragged along. Once again, entirely up to you, but you're now both plummeting towards the ground, chasing after this Oblivion Stalker. And uh, right before I, uh, kind of like 10 feet before I hit the ground, I'll pull the brakes and kind of flap my wings back up to kind of almost act like a makeshift parachute as we descend. Got you. Yeah, makes sense. And that is my turn. All right. Amon. I want to know what's going through Amon's head right now. Other than like getting away, is there is there any other ulterior motive other than just like, hey, I'm getting as far away from everything as I can? Currently, not really. Uh, just not dying is pretty much the pr the prerogative. Uh, <laughs> like I said, four HP, like one like an inch away from death. Yeah, can't feel my toes. Uh, and yeah, I I just want to get somewhere where I could take a second of myself and recover, so I can defend myself in case something else happens. Is my general uh, line of thought. I got okay. too weak, too fast. Yeah, and all of your all of the injuries that you've taken—they're not really like physical. They're just like gray flesh, like dead nerves, stuff like that. Necrotic kind of, you know. Yeah. Necrotic damage. Fantastic. I'm gonna standard action dash. I'm gonna run to here, and then I'm gonna jump over this wall, like to the ground. Iman has now descended all the way from the top of the tower down a long <laughs> staircase leading away from the tower and to the ground. Uh, he just the nearest, the nearest other character, um, friendly or foe, is like 200 feet away. <laughs> okay, cool. Now we he, he gets to be yeah. in the other. The third split of the podcast. I think that you probably surmise that you can nestle yourself away around the corner here in a safe place where I don't think anything would understand that you're there. Uh, that's the plan. I burn uh, bright and fast. Amon <laughs> <Okay>. says, <laughs> we need to get the obelisk, because my Duke de la Cruz says so. As simultaneously, I will run away from the obelisk. I found it. It's there. <laughs> Duke de la Cruz. Duke de la Cruz. What's his name? Amon's Duke de la, la Croix? Or like his actual name, like non-meaning. Uh, no, it's, a de, it's, it's de la Cruz or de la Croix. Or it's C-R-O-I-X. He's over there in, in Bonus House somewhere sipping a, a nice fizzy soda. Planning right. evil schemes. Sparkling wine. A little fizzy water. I imagine he's a mustache twirling villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and that's your turn? You're goddamn right it is. Alright. This last uh, Oblivion... Well, sorry, there's two more. This, this one over here plummets all the way down and... Stezreal, none the wiser, like over here, everyone's in a stare-off, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, plummets onto Stezreal, 
pinning him to the ground. He takes damage as well as, I mean, well, he kind of softens the blow with Staz roll, but uh, the shadows like vanish, dissipating, and then like sucked back together to form the silhouette of this creature, Staz roll being bashed against the ground. Uh, roll that. Yeah. roll takes a heavy blow from that. As this creature just bashes him into the ground, and Sazriel has not moved from the ground yet, but he's like twitching a little bit, like he's, like he's about to get up. He's just like not. No one expected that, and suddenly, like Conrad, Troy, and Isaac all turn to face that, uh, Haverex and Seamus as well. Everyone is turning to face it. Meanwhile, on the other side of the tower, next to Anira, is this other one that uh, is going to go ahead and plummet itself right off the edge there. Uh, opportunity attack though. Uh you can while well, it's like sailing through the air past you. Sure. I'll hit it. I'll hit it with the uh what's it called? The talons, I think. Okay. Alright. That's uh six to hit. A six doesn't hit. <laughs> so Dang, it's like who would have thought it like launches right off the uh the tower, the side of the tower, and then starts plummeting towards the ground and you as your eagle form just kind of like rake out with one one foot. Missing it entirely. Too much. Um, but that one uh, begins to sail down through the air away from you. And uh, that's like all of their turns, really. And we come over to Onira, who you actually just missed this one. And, and now you have a chance to pursue if you want. Yeah, I will keep pursuing it. Um, I think we feet, right? Of movement. So I think I can reach it, right? With 80 feet. Yeah, I'd say so. Let me, I can actually measure it out really quick. Uh, I think you can actually okay, go further than maybe far down. Uh, yeah, you, you can reach it. Okay, yeah, cool. Pack, cool, pack. Multi-attack it. Do you, uh, Jimmy, do you see what what Onira sees? Like, can you see Onira's token and what Onira sees? Do you guys all see each other's vision? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so you're chasing this one down, and you're about to attack it for... 19 to hit first. Uh-huh. And, and it's two attacks, right? Okay. 19 and a 20. Both hit. 9 for the first attack. And 13 so 22. for the second attack. Right. Much like Prometheus in ancient Greece, I'm just trying to gouge this thing's, like, stomach. Yeah, just like as it's trying to get away from you. And you're plummeting down behind it. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's probably your turn. That's my turn. Okay. Ilfarin, you are plummeting along with, uh, with Rylan. I... I I assume there's not really much you do, probably, but then again, your turn. Nope, there's there's no much I can do, I'm afraid. So, uh, yeah, there are a few things I can do, but there's no point in doing them right now. So, uh, I will do nothing. I will pause my time. Okay, and you and Rylon continue to descend. Let me bring you both down to there. Uh, so you're now only about 60 feet above the ground. Uh, Rylon, like you said you wanted to do, he probably starts pulling the e-brake a little bit. Yeah, um, like wings out, slowing your descent. Probably on your next turn, you will reach there. But uh, I mean, you can still do an action, of course, from here. Like if you can attack from here, then that's all on you. That was just your movement. Gotcha. Then uh, I will uh, aim down, kind of as I'm holding uh, Elfarn with like, kind of like with one arm and my wings kind of gusting. I will kind of raise one ar- uh, finger from the the holster that doesn't exist, and I will shoot a firebolt at it with uh, my finger gun. 23. 23 hits. All right, it takes 2d10 fire damage. 
10 fire damage. 10 fire, all right. Uh, and, and your bolt, like, sails right down. Did you guys, by chance, listen to the new, um, or no, it wasn't the newest one, I think. XP, I just watched XP to level 3's video today on when you introduce guns to, uh, to D&D. &D. No, I and, didn't uh, it's, it's pretty funny, they kind of, um, this guy rolls like a 26, that's like 120 damage, the GM is blown away. Guns, guns are broken, I don't, I don't care what class it is, like, be like. <laughs> The most balanced classes. Tell that to covert. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that your turn? Yes, sir. Okay. What's Amon doing now that he's hidden away? Uh, not much. Um, Just vibing. Trying to like peek around the corner. Do I see any of these things slotting about? Um, no. I'd say even if you got like a nat twenty on a perception, every Perfect. everything that you can see is obstructed in some way. Young yeah, rule stealth. Okay. <laughs> 12. At 12, you, you think you might be hiding. Fucking hiding. Uh, I'm gonna move my movement to here, because I move a half movement some stealth, so I can only go to here. I'm gonna start moving towards the rest of the group party. Okay. I'm gonna keep moving over. Dude, the inside of this tower is sick. It is, it really is. Uh, is that your, is that, is that all you do? You just move Yes, there? sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Man, me and O'Neal are the only ones actually fighting this shit. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, Headass. I, I think, uh, Kind of now that we know the benefit of radiant damage against these things, I think that this uh, Onir is chasing this one all the way down to the ground. It can't really attack on your back. There'll probably be one or two more attacks before Onira and it reach the ground. Um, and I think that that fight then would be one sided and Onira would win. And I think that uh, with the everyone down here wrapped around this uh, this other one down here. Like, there's maybe seven foes against it. I think all of the Oblivion Stalkers would be destroyed. And so we can end this combat. We can shorthand the rest of it there. And uh, and you guys would land or hover or what, Rylon and No Farm? Oh, yeah, I'm going to land him on the ground. Okay. And we'll just take you guys both out of fly. Oh, I almost killed his character. And, uh, Onera, where would you go once you deal with this one? I just... I assume, like, I follow it all the way to the ground and just sort of, like, bash it with the beak okay. um, <laughs> once it reaches the ground. Uh -huh. And then what what happens to it after I don't kill it with radiant? Does it just disintegrate? Does it, like... It, it, it is well uh, dissipates into nothingness. It, like, separates into uh -huh. wisps, inky tendrils. Anything left behind or nothing? Um, you know what? I would say make a perception. I think having been destroyed by the radiant damage, the other ones would have sort of a different effect, but this one in particular, being killed by natural means. You find a chunk of shadow steel. 22? You find a small kind of marble-sized piece of shadow steel. It's sort of jagged, kind of like a little rock of onyx almost, like uh, some of the surfaces are flat on it and they come to points with other surfaces. It's very polygonal. I pick it up with my beak and I will start to fly over to the rest of the party. Okay, and, uh, and we'll shorthand that. You make it around to the others. Fly back, and I'll walk up to Conrad, and I'll place the Shadow Steel at it. Okay, um, and then what is Amon doing during this time? Yeah, he'd be making his way back over. The rest <laughs> of the party. Skulking in the shadows. Yeah, he's like tiptoeing around the rubble that's strewn out about, about across the ground. He would turn around and see how far Amon, since his passive perception is higher than 12. Amon is like limping. Yeah, stumbling through the rubble. <laughs> he trips on a piece, goes. like falls against a piece. 
a stiff wind would blow me over. <laughs> yeah, now that we're out of that combat, like, the cool thing about that stat block, and once again, kind of hearkening back to how I feel about the, the mines over there, Ghostfire Gaming, the Oblivion Stalkers, this, there are a few different levels of them. The specific one that we just encountered, I'm going to spoil a little bit. This is so sick. Uh, if you have, z uh, whenever it attacks you, you have to make that con save, right? If you fail the con save, you lose one of your hit dice until your next short rest. Um, if you fail the save and already have zero hit dice, you immediately just fall unconscious. <laughs> so Rylon was like a hair's breadth away from just being unconscious right there at the top of the tower with like two of them stacked on top of him. That would have been the death of me. Yeah, and that's why I said like death is a real possibility on this one because you know knowing that part of the their attacks, um, but you guys made pretty handy work of them with the, with that radiant damage for sure. Shouts and, out, Nero. Yeah, shouts out. And so as the combat ends, you guys all make your way to the ground and stuff like that. Um, I would like to take a five here just so I can drink a little bit of water, and we're back. So. The group of Haverex and Seamus, uh, as well as Stasriel Clement, Isaac Troy, and um, and Conrad are all down low. Uh, Stasriel slowly stands back up. Uh, he's kind of like holding on to his head. Probably a, a pretty hard impact as that, um, that creature kind of laying on top of him. And all of the, uh, the Oblivion Stalkers have been dealt with. Amon comes kind of skulking up through the, the darkness um, into the torchlight that is being carried down here by the group. And um, Ilfarin, uh, Ilfarin, uh, Rylon, and Onira arrive uh, all in their respective ways. Ilfarin's hands, uh, I don't know if any of you would have paid attention or noticed it, but they're all shriveled up, and so that's something new for Ilfarin to keep in mind. But I would say that. Let's see, so Nira came up and dropped off that Shadow Steel kind of marble right at Conrad's uh, feet. And then does Onira stay in eagle form or transform back? I'll transform back. Where did you get this? One of those things dropped it. I managed to assail it when the beast form. I see that Ilfarin's back. Is, is it done? Uh, what the I I think so. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't really know what uh, what what was supposed to be expected. So then it's linked to the ethereal plane. I believe so. I kind of hold up my hands with the thumb. Havrex looks all the way up the tower, like up the length of it. Uh, can't you? You guys can't actually see the obelisk from down here, um, but he looks up there, kind of curiously. I can't imagine it would have uh, done this, whatever this is if it didn't work. Right. Then it seems your work here is done, is it not? I look to Rylon. I look to Stazeril. Ah, my head. Is it... is it gone? Stazeril says, like, clutching onto the side of his head. The obelisk remains there, as far as I saw. Uh, yes, it's it's still there. I do not do any of you. I kind of look to Haverax and Conrad. Do you have a way of ascertaining its connection? Haverax and Conrad kind of look to each other. Conrad speaks up. My studies never made it that far. Uh, they were admittedly of an entirely different branch of 
the shadow steel. We were studying how to create a, a pocket dimension, as you know, not how to sever a connection. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Well, Tulfaren. Uh, what? What happened when you were there? Ah, uh, you disappeared. Well, uh, yes, I went into the ethereal, and then, then I put both of my hands on it, and uh, I felt a pain uh, run up my arms, both of them, uh, simultaneously. And uh, that was uh, really it. Uh, after that, uh, well, it's not exactly related, I don't think, um, but I felt a hand on my shoulder, and uh, I looked, and uh, it was someone I knew, and I, I spoke with them. Were they real, or were they an apparition, a creation? Um, I can't be entirely sure. I am inclined to believe it was real. Uh, what she was saying made sense. Did anybody else look into the obelisk? Did anybody else see anything? Because I have a feeling I saw something almost along the same lines as so far in what he's describing. I, I, I don't think you would have seen what, what I saw. I saw some, when I looked inside, I saw a silhouette of some... A, a woman? Not a woman, but someone I knew, I think. Someone you knew? Yes. So, if you saw someone you knew and I saw someone I knew, uh, I would be more inclined to believe that what I saw wasn't real. Be careful, Kilfar, and I told you, that obelisk will drive you mad with its illusions. But you were in a... The ethereal plane, right? Yes. I, I wasn't in the aether. I, I touched it to link it, presumably. Well, the last our study showed, it's that the aether is still a, a separate plane from the others. I, I can't right. imagine that it would have some sort of link to it, that it would be able to influence it. it well, I can't really say either way. It's not uh, really my area of expertise, nor is it anyone's here. I don't think... You've been to the ethereal plane multiple times. Have you seen anyone else while you were there? Uh, no, but it's it's entirely possible to. Uh, let's say um, I went into the ethereal right now, right? I, I would see you, uh, gray and blurred and wispy and and, uh, and all of those things. If you went into the ethereal plane as well, uh, we would be able to see each other. Um, still gray, but not as gray. Uh, still blurry, but again, not as blurry. And nobody else would be able to see us, which, um, again, it, it made sense what she was saying. She? Yes. Was it like your girlfriend? No. No. No, it, it was uh, my teacher. Your teacher? Yes. Why was your teacher here? Why is she still here? Uh, according to her, she has been following us uh, from the ethereal. Hence why nobody would have seen her. Uh, like I said before, a good uh, uh, surveillance measure. I look around. Can I make a perception check and see if I see anything? Any wisps in the fourth dimension? Sure. 22. You don't see anything. But I do, I look down at Alfarin's hands and I notice the gray. What were you going to say, Gru? I, if you're in here, just, I, perhaps it might be worth going back up and studying it now that there's no foul creatures around it. If we still see the wash of green eyes, or if we don't see them, rather, then you might know. Uh, it worked. Perhaps. Well, if a link has been made between the obelisk and the ethereal plane, both material and ethereal, I suppose a good way to test that would be creating some sort of 
I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure, admittedly, how it would work if you could just walk into it or, or what now, but perhaps it's possible to use it to travel into the ethereal. It would be a way to check, I would imagine. Hmm. I'm worried that, though, that if someone were to walk into it or physically come in contact with it, it would just remove the connection to the ethereal plane and replace it back with the material plane, would it not? Also entirely possible. This is a learning experience well, now for not only you guys, but me. That's where my knowledge runs out. Well, we can first use the visual test, as there was definitely visual cues to it being linked to the Aether before. If it has changed at all, we will know something has changed. That's, that's fair. Well, I could bring someone up there with myself, and so can Stasriel. I know what I saw before, so if you would want to bring me up, I would... Would like to see it. Uh, yes, uh, you two go. I, uh, uh, uh right on. Here. I. Uh, Onira will walk up, sort of grab one of your hands, and we'll pump a fourth level cure. Which hand are you grabbing? Your right hand. Okay. Probably because she was just at your right and would just, like, not even think about it, just walk up to the right hand and grab it. Mm. Okay. To heal 28. Just kind of like the same way that Iman's hand was healed. Um, it's not. It's a much more difficult thing to reverse. It's. It's like your tissue has been entirely unmade. The skeletal tissue, the muscle, um, and so the arm fills back in. I mean, your arm is covered in your clothing, so you don't really see it, but you can feel it. The feeling rushes back in slowly from uh, midway between your elbow and shoulder is where it starts, and runs down all the way to your elbow and then maybe another inch past your elbow so just barely working its way in towards the forearm and that's where it stops so the point like most of your forearm and your hand are still unusable but progress has been made in, in reversing this uh, this damage that has been done to your arm something far more powerful than than just necrotic damage is it solely my right arm and hand or is that is, is that kind of uh, regeneration going on with my left as well? Because his left hand's blur, blurry hand, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say it, it goes on both arms. Okay, sure. So both arms are now just barely past the elbow towards your hand is okay. Um, but like, you know, most of your forearms and your hands are still bad. Mm. Well, Ilfarn, I'm glad that Onira is here to help us, but uh, th that wound of yours is going to take bit of time before it can be healed and unfortunately i'm a bit tapped for today it, that, that's fine i just uh i'm not going to be much help now that we have some time perhaps we should uh figure out what happens next and potentially go into some sort of rest i know what happens next i point my finger guns at him sideways <laughs> the obelisk has been taken care of I don't need to be here guarding it anymore. Seamus, gather up the army. We begin to move now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you moving? To the valley. In this valley? You said it also has another link to the, uh, to the Aether? It has a large gathering of rich rock. It could be a rift. I inside check this guy. See if he's actually going there. Or if he plans to just march straight past it towards fucking grabbing sign. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. He's gonna insight check you too. Okay. 
13. What kind of vibe does he get from you? You get uh, you get a pretty neutral, sort of like, uh, doing what's got to be done kind of vibe from him. Well, he gets from me, uh, it looks like if he makes a wrong slip-up, I'm going to shoot him in the face with a firebolt. You don't believe me. Of course I don't believe you. What is there to believe you? You have done nothing to prove yourself to me. I have explained it to you before. That the dead, that I rise, do so willingly. It is just hard to believe that anyone who undergoes necromancy does it on their own accord. My magic for the day is nearly spent. He turns over his shoulder. Seamus! And Seamus is like already walking away. Seamus turns, stops, like kind of glowing blue eyes. No, he's a white. Uh, he's undead, but he's got a mind of his own. And like looks over to Haverix. Go get one of the bodies from the pyre. And uh, Seamus nods once and trudges off into the darkness. It will be a moment. And Seamus will return. You can speak to the dead yourself. I still point my fingers at him, but uh, I look a, le- a little less tense as I look over towards Stazriel. Can you do that? Stazriel still kind of clutching onto his head um, and is kneeled down on one knee. Uh, Clement is like there standing up next to him, kind of like looking at his head, like kind of poking around, prodding around with his finger. Uh, blood is caked all of Stazriel's sort of... Uh, Relatively medium cropped platinum hair, like flat to his his uh, his scalp. Um, speak with the dead. I I could yes. So do you mind confirming for me that this all these people are doing what they are doing, sacrificing their post life for this lich's army on their own accord and not through some sort of nefarious means. He winces a little bit. Ah, ah, careful, boy. Uh, Clement kind of recoils a hand back. Sorry. Um, And Stezreal, like, turns his head up to look at you. I think that I can do that. What kind of question should I ask? Do you want to be buried, or would you rather be undead? Ask them if they're aware that they are a... that they are undead. Right. I'll do that. Do you wait until Seamus returns before you guys fly up to the obelisk, or are you just going? Uh, and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's maybe, if you guys don't do anything out of the ordinary, uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, Nira, Nira would like to do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, while, after like some silence has sort of formed, and people are just kind of standing there awkwardly, uh, they'll look over to Haverax. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of maybe step a little closer um not too close let's say Mr. Haverax what he like snaps his head to the side looking at you he was kind of like staring back up towards the obelisk again what do you want you spoke of what did you call it um the other side yes or something yes the other side it's where all magical beasts come from or where they get their magic it's where beasts gain their magic from it's where humans and creatures and people gain their magic from. Magic is all pulled from the other side. Oh. Okay. Um, I came... I don't know why I came here. I kind of... It was a long story, but do you know of, uh... Or would that other side be relevant to the beast? I do not know much about the beast. The beast 
It, um, it stays away from my lands, and I care not for the world outside. Came pretty close to your lands relatively recently. Yes, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. He gives you a really hard look. Do you know where one might be able to find such knowledge? You are a knowledgeable being after all. There are libraries across the continent. There's a place that I've heard of. I've never been there. It is out in the Rock Teeth Mountains, Castle Martorius. There's a great, great mage there whom I have always wanted to speak with. But alas, he does not have time for me. And I do not have time for him. So I have been here. But perhaps he has studied the Burak and its ways far more than I have. Do you say anything else? Do anything else? They'll kind of, like, nod a little bit and, um... Just kind of look back up and say, thank you, um, thanks. He doesn't even acknowledge you and turns to look back up at the obelisk again. You know, I, I can't help but wonder if I could bring the souls back to the undead. Now that I have that, they could be alive again, truly. I'm uh, not sure if it's just souls the undead would need. Well, I have plenty of time to figure it out. Mm. Uh, Rylon kind of averts his gaze from the lich, but still keeping his fingers pointed towards him, and uh, looks towards uh, Iman. Iman, are you alright? I'm okay. I feel as though I am a short ways from death currently. So I'm just going to continue and sit here and not move. He'd be like sitting on the ground <laughs> in like a little bit of a pile of black acre throw up. <laughs> oh god. It's like, it's like on his boots. Yeah, he's been having a rough time. Do you need healing? Oh, uh, yes. Um, I certainly could use some healing. Are we going to rest here, perhaps, after we gaze upon the obelisk? I would, uh, I would assume so. It depends on what everyone else wishes to do, because things are shaking up quick, and decisions need to be made on what the next part of our journey is. This valley... Haverax. Do you know where it lies exactly? It is, um... Do you know where Grafendam is? Rylan would itch the back of his head Il as Geography was, wasn't his best subject in school. Elfarn would probably have, have... I mean, I know Elfarn was in Landhouse at one point. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's up to you if you say anything about that. I'll, I'll just nod. Kind of look to Rylan. Like, yeah, I, I know him. It is, don't worry. Of course, of course we do. East of Gravendam, east of the Greyspine, where the land goes from flourished to mud, there is a valley there. You can almost see the river from it coming down the mountains. It's beautiful. In the late year, I have spent many seasons there thinking, watching the smoke rises from the volcano in the distance. It's calm. All forms of life are there, and the valley rests between two rolling hills with tall grass. Seamus returns. There is uh, a lifeless body over top uh, his shoulder. He strides over with, uh, with half plate clanking all the way, unceremoniously just kind of kneels down, crashing onto one knee, and lowers the, the body, the corpse. Far more delicate with the corpse than his own body. Um, 
doesn't seem to mind the thrashing himself around too much, but lays down the body flat, uh, clearing away the rubble that he would be setting its head next to so that the head can be straight. And then Seamus stands up, uh, places both hands behind his back, folding them together, and steps backwards a few steps out of the way. Avarex approaches, but not within arm's reach of the corpse, and gestures to it with an open palm, kind of like swaying it side to side. There. Speak to it. Yeah, Stezreal kind of like shakily gets up from one knee up standing and makes his way over a couple strides before kneeling down next to it on both knees, um, kind of sitting on the balls of his feet and, uh, or the heels of his feet, I should say, sorry. The ball is the front. Um, sitting on the heels of his feet and begins to cast a spell. There are a couple mumbled words under his breath and both hands are outstretched, palms facing the undead and he asks at first do you wish to protect your homeland one last time and the eyes of uh, of the undead light up and like a sort of a, a bluish I'm gonna, I'm gonna hearken over to a have you guys played Baldur's Gate 3 yes sir have you seen yeah. how speak to dead works with Baldur's Gate 3 it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's sweet. So, like, the eyes light up, the mouth lights up, and, and like, the body kind of spasms a little bit, back arching, and it wheezes the words, Forever <coughs> and always. Stazriel looks over to Rylon, and then back to the body. Do you wish to be buried? The body wheezes out again. Not yet. And then goes limp. And everyone hears this. Take from that what you will. Stazriel stands back up shakily, looks over to Rylon. Well, I hate to admit it, but he seems like a, a patriot. Very well. I Before don't, I uh, make... You thought I was lying this whole time. Before I make my decision, we should inspect the obelisk. Havrex crosses his arms, um, a look of kind of anguish on his face. Not not triumph. He doesn't look like he's victorious or happy that this was the answer, but he looks down to the body with a look of anguish. And you will, my friend, he says to the corpse. And you, uh, you just, you said that you guys should figure out the obelisk before you go? Yeah. I will, uh, I will pick up Onera. Okay. And I will instruct uh, Stazriel to, to grab Conrad as we make our way towards the obelisk. Stazril, weakly, grabs onto Conrad and uh, begins to lift him along behind you. A little bit slower, uh, probably a little bit concussed from his injury, uh, but you can hear the uh, the lich down there speaking to Seamus again. Good. Now go and get the others. Bring them down here. We begin to move. And you fly up and up and up until you reach the surface, the top, the plateau of the roof of the great, great tower in the center of the heart of Ansera, the Undercity. And there atop it is the obelisk. It's a black silhouette still with that kind of bluish outline just radiating magic and energy. I look towards Onira. Well, what do you see? We'll gaze sort of into the same spot that I did before. I observe the eyes mm -hmm. and the silhouette of the figure. Looks bleak. Nothing is there. It just looks like a black silhouette shrouded in this, this magical energy. 
you see nothing, no ocean of eyes, no no emerald green pears, and no silhouette of a of a man from the Burak. Nothing. I look towards Conrad. Conrad looks at you. Stesril just put him down. Stesril then rests, sitting down like on cross legged against one of the uh, the statues that's up there. And Conrad looks at you, looks at Onira. God, am I supposed to touch it or something? <laughs> no. I've come up, brought you up here specifically to understand where you lie in all of this. Your friend Haverax intends to march his undead army towards this valley, about northwest uh, of here. But you wish to find as much source of, of, of rich rock as possible, which now lies before you, understanding the consequences of you physically coming contacting with it. What are your plans now? Are you going to follow your friend, or will you stay here? He looks to you, looks to Anira, looks to the obelisk and thought. I understand the power that the obelisks possess, what they represent, a rift to the Aether, an end to my studies, the source of all creation. But I'm no fool. I, I'm sure that in small enough quantities, I can continue my studies. But these formations, they pose too much of a threat. I'm going to stand by Haverex. I will see that you make your way to Bonasau, as we agreed. And from there, I will take you to Talstar. And from there, I will come home here to Novastoil. And I will link back up with Haverex and Seamus and the army. And we'll march together towards the valley. He would look at his watch that doesn't exist, his uh, two-tone Philippe. Um, and how do you intend on getting us to Bonasau and to Talstar in less than before the week is up? I assume magic, of course. He would look down over the ledge and see Amon at the 300 feet down. <laughs> oh, you're down there? Oh, you're up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, now I'm sleeping. I'm... An accomplished magician. I was from the Ravencourt. I graduated. I moved on. I, I pursued my own studies. I, I can get you there. Rest assured. Well, I don't know what, how much knowledge you have of the city of Bonesau, the village, where it lies now. I'm assuming quite little, considering how long you've been gone. But the stories go that a seraph once fought on those lands against the Aether itself as well. So it's quite possible that there is another source of rich rock, just as grand as this there. So you must be prepared for anything. Well, like I said, I'll get you there and I'll get you to Talistar, which means until you guys leave Bonasal, I'm there with you. Like it or not. I give him a nod. I don't think you guys and are that bad, though. Rylan looks towards Ornira. I'm sorry that you had to get involved in all of this, but uh, I thank you again for your help. But uh, you said that there is something you're looking for down here. The Lich has given it to me. I seek knowledge of the beast. Well, hopefully that knowledge is good enough because I've come face to face with the beast once before and it is not something I wish to do again. And uh, feeling a bit comfortable with the state of the obelisk, I will begin to float back down towards the rest of the group. Anira just will sort of... Yes, actually, like you have to take her down because she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I take, I take him down. Stazriel, uh as you're, as you're being. Oh, I was just gonna say, Stazriel trails along behind you guys with Conrad. Um, as we're going down, uh, will say, "Where did you see the beast?" Once I saw it was uh, 
between Olstenberg and Grabenstein. I saw a tower before me and my friends. As we took a carriage ride um, towards Grabenstein, it put a shook into all of us and allowed my friend to almost lose his legs as he was completely crushed by a bit of horses. I tried my best to withstand the gaze of the creature, but it was even too powerful for all of us, and one by one, went almost to black. It was... Uh, I awoke, for lack of a better term, pissing on my holy symbol. And I expected a lot worse for the rest of my compatriots. And a time after that, I attempted to fool the city of Grabenstein to allow me and my friends to escape after encountering a group of fake Solima zealots. And uh, in doing so, I single-handedly, whether coincidence or not, brought the beast to Grabenstein and Damn near drove the whole village mad. What? You, you did what? You... I, I conjured an illusion of the beast in hopes of terrifying the people long enough for us to escape. But in doing so, whether it be of my own volition or not, brought the beast to Grabenstein. It was a horrible day. Uh, you, you can hear tears sort of in their speech. I was there too. We had come to watch the full moon. Rylon doesn't say anything, but this is just me now, Prowler. I'm going to give myself this because I feel now extremely terrible for what I've done. Um, I will give myself one corruption point. Okay. Because just the the remembering of that action alone, whether it was because of me or not, but Rylon is going to feel the burden of it because he did technically feel as if he did. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, the weight of that, of driving all those people mad, yeah, is now weighing on him. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, they're probably like, "What the heck? When did this happen? What episode?" This was before the uh, the campaign became a podcast. We actually had about seventeen sessions or sixteen sessions before it became a podcast, uh, and that covered all the travels between Olstenberg and then Grabenstein, and then Grabenstein to Falahart. And their time in Grabenstein was very short because of what. Um, Jimmy, uh, Rylon had just discussed. Yeah. Watch the prologue. The beacon, yeah, the beacon of darkness flaw that I have for my transformation level three. It actually says whether when it, whenever you or an ally commits a activate or evil. So it actually works out that way. So um, whenever I make an attack roll against an evil creature or a saving throw against a spell or an ability from an evil creature, I have to subtract uh, from the corruption points that I have. Um, the only way to cure myself of corruption points is to pray for at least one hour. So I have one corruption point until I do so. Mm -hmm. As uh, as I feel like dog shit right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a cool harken back to that. I guess we land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty long flight. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah. With that discussion. Um, the, yeah, probably just like awkward silence. Yeah, just like hovering on the way down. Like, like I just like imagine soft, like Onira starts speaking... And then Rylan slows up a little bit and takes his time flying down. Stezreal is feeling pretty weak, so he doesn't bother to hover. He passes you guys by with uh, with Conrad, and they land. And um, and uh, Seamus is not there now. Um, Clement, Stezreal, Conrad, Troy, and Isaac are, as well as uh, Iman, Ilfarn, and Haverex. And um, Haverex looks to, uh, to Ilfarn and asks you, do you feel any different? Uh, not particularly. No, uh, no, not in any way that I thought I would feel different. Uh, 
my hands feel different. Well, if what your friend, he gestures to Stazriel, said was true, then you are now a conduit. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Right. I, I don't know what it means to be a conduit exactly, so I couldn't tell you uh, if I feel like one. Nor do I. But if we see each other again, tell me what you find out. He looks between the rest of you, cuts off his conversation with you, and turns to Rylon. Do I have your grace to leave now? I give him the smallest of smallest nods. Good. He turns on a heel and shuffles off into the darkness, kind of like limping along with his cane until you can no longer hear the, the, the thuds of the, the pole against the, the cold stone ground. I look towards the rest of the crew. As I stand there, as I put Onera back down, I say... is like wiping tears out of their eyes. All right. This is the plan. Whether you choose to follow us again, this is on you. Conrad is going to bring us, and I kind of gesture to uh, me, Ilfarin, Stazriel, and uh, Iman, towards the village of Bonasau, southwest of here, in the Charlemont Kingdom. We are going to do and complete Iman's mission and assert that Duke de la Creux is aware of the obelisk and his existence, hopefully reclaiming his ancestral home. And I kind of give a nod towards Amon. And when that is complete, Conrad will now bring us all towards the city of Talstar, where we will hope to meet up with my friends in time and march our way towards the valley that the Lich and his army are now going to march toward. Are there any objections to this course of action? Or do you wish to go your own way? Now's the time. Uh, Conrad and Isaac look between each other. Then Isaac looks down towards Stasril, whom is now sitting down again, resting, like blood still caked to his head, and looks over at, uh, at Conrad and looks to you and then holds his gaze for uh, an abnormally long time on Ilfarin and then Amon, uh, and glances to Onira. And after looking around everyone and kind of like getting a, a glance or a, kind of a feel for them, he speaks, raising his hand. Oh yeah, I've got an objection. I think that before we go, we should rest. I do believe that that was certainly part of the plan. He would say from laying down on the ground, one finger up in the air. Mm -hmm. I look around the room for any other objections. None from any of the NPCs. I then rest a final gaze onto Anira. Now knowing what you know, what are your plans now? The Rock Teeth Mountains. Castle Martorius. Martorius? That's what he said, right? Martorius. Castle Martorius. That's where my eyes are. I don't exactly know how to get out of this cave, but I will come with you. Very well. Let us find a place to take refuge for the night. Rest up, and we will travel tomorrow morning. I saw from the tower a patch of trees. I would like to go there. I would too, says uh, Conrad. Then there we shall go. Um, before our rest or after, he'd say still from the ground. <laughs> I would like to rest. Thank you. Not in rock. Uh, tell you what, I'll stand up if you toss one of those funny uh, healing spells my way. 
I would mutter a few words and I'll healing word at fourth level. Um, Funny healing spells. <laughs> 17 HP. Woo. Get up. Uh, I stand up and stretch. Going all the way tiptoes. Uh, I feel as though I almost uh, ate it. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah, that close. Gives you. To, like makes that little hand hand gesture with the scrunching fingers, pretty oh, close. Come on, nothing like a little bit of the a sight of the other side than uh, putting some hair on your chest, right? I've seen it one too many times. I really, really need to find something to keep me alive. And uh, well, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, they say, well, if you want some plate armor, I have some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could pick that up, let alone wear it. And you hear a voice from behind you, uh, Rylon. A little bit familiar. There's kind of like a lengthy kind of stretch, a couple pops. I'll take it. Oh, it's good to be back. Anyone who's looking at Rylon would see that behind him is a uh, small silhouette of a figure of a halfling with a top hat uh, that is made purely of shadow and uh, has two glowing green eyes. Blinks, you son of a It's Fosca Teal. And <laughs> we're going to end the session right there. He would uh, use suggestion spell to make you go another four hours into the session. <laughs> no, because this was already been recording for like three and a half hours. So um, we're going to end it there. And uh, yeah, so that was a good one. And if you are... First off, if you like what you heard, uh, consider giving us a review. If you didn't like what you heard, also consider giving us a review um, on whatever platform that you're listening to us on, or a thumbs up or a thumbs down. All feedback is feedback. It helps us know what we're doing right. It helps us know what we're doing wrong. And if you liked what you heard, consider subscribing to us on our social media. Um, consider uh, subscribing to us on YouTube. Um, consider joining our Discord and hanging out with us and, and being part of the, the Discord in our community. Ask us questions, see extra lore snippets. There's going to be... Um, a couple posts coming up probably of of the you know, spectral or not spectral but like silhouetted little halifax um, we've talked about him a thousand times he's he's back and um so you'll be able to stay tuned in for that and uh, wow we'd like to take a moment to thank our patreon supporters as well they are the reason that we were able to do our recent giveaway that should have just ended uh, probably a couple weeks ago by the time of posting this episode and they've also been a big help for our um, other uh, ventures in our logos and um, and artwork and stuff like that, character art, everything. And so we just want to take a moment to say that we really, really appreciate them and give a shout out to our party fiends, uh, Zeno and Stags, our party monsters, Happy Phoenix, Rookshaw, and I'm blanking, Cypher. It's Cypher. Um, Cypher. I think I want to Cypher Diaz. Yeah, so Happy Phoenix, Cypher, and um, Rookshaw, our party person Hop, and our party lurkers Valentine, Valentine uh, Windowman, and Blundeek. I, uh, uh, Those are yeah. them. I, I butchered that a little bit. Jimmy will clean that up. Jimmy will edit this part out where I'm explaining things. Um, no, I won't. And I think that's it. And so, thanks for being here. And as always, never split the party. See you guys next time. Bye. Adios. Au revoir. Bye. Au revoir. <laughs>